From Harry Hurley Way in the world's playground to the broadcast pioneers of Philadelphia Hall of Fame. I want to congratulate my friend, Harry Hurley. You're about to find out why Harry Hurley has been named to the Talkers Magazine list of the 100 most important talk show hosts in the nation. Live from the studios of Town Square Media in Northfield, it's Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. It is seven minutes past the hour. Thank you for waking up early in the morning. Well, we've got to begin with yesterday's nothing short of revelation. Because remember, anytime any of these actors are under oath, that is when you want to listen to what they say. You don't want to listen to a guy like Anthony Fauci when he's blabbing on CNN or at the podium at the White House or whatever the case might be. You want to gauge these people when their asses can be locked up and thrown in jail. This Dr. Redfield, and you might remember me telling you when people didn't remember who he was, I said, kind of looks like Santa Claus a little bit. The beard's more trim, but then you know who I'm talking about. White hair, full white beard. And I think his title was director of the Center's for disease control. I think he was the actual CDC director. Huge title, huge job. Well, I could tell because he, I will tell you, this Redfield is one, in my opinion, one of the most decent and credible actors in the entire COVID-19 era. And we could also call that error because there were many errors It was an ERA, but it wasn't filled with replete with errors. You could tell Redfield, he was he was walking a fine line. And you might remember all of a sudden he was gone. And I remember saying to you at the time, hey, this one guy who I sort of kind of trusted because I wasn't sure. But my spidey senses told me that Redfield was credible. Honestly, I also thought that that Burks was pretty credible. Uh, But Redfield, I would always say for me, was the one out of the whole bunch. Fauci always looked slippery to me. Slippery, anti-Trump. I just I didn't like him. Didn't like him. Like him even less now. Redfield under oath yesterday demolished. Anthony Fauci and the paperwork. I will tell you the walls are closing on Fauci and I love it. What they need to do, they need to get more and more and more people telling the truth about what happened in real time. And then you bring Fauci last. And you tell him this is what Dr. Redfield said. This is what this one said. So under oath, Redfield said, No doubt the NIH was funding gain-of-function research. Now, Fauci denies that to this day. Redfield also confirmed, now I know why we, I I remember saying, hey, where, where does Santa Claus go? The most credible guy of the whole bunch. I said, this is bizarro world, so doesn't that make perfect sense? The guy who was the most honest is suddenly gone. Even if you don't remember that, I'm asking you, trust me, uh, because 
I remember it. And I remember vividly telling you that all of a sudden Redfield's not seen anymore. Oh, he's just doing other things. Okay. So now we find out because Redfield under oath said he was sidelined by Fauci. And the beauty is he went into why. Because Redfield believed. And remember, we talked a little bit about it yesterday, this whole DNA sequencing and all these technical things that that I'm certainly not qualified to, to fully understand, but I can verbalize them. They studied this and they know. Every serious person that I have heard so far that isn't a liar, that isn't for some reason defending China. Boy, I'll tell you, something's got to give here. There, there has to be a cost for this blatant. I, I really believe this is turning out to be it may not play this way because the media is so dishonest. But this is this is one of the biggest scandals in American history. Some will tell you it's the biggest scandal in American history, second to none. So the, the paperwork is there. Fauci shut down any debate. Think about this. What a fraud this guy is. Boy, I'll tell you, I would love to interview him because I would trigger him. He, he's got a hot head. He's not a calm individual. I've seen him go off before. I would absolutely trigger him with great joy, I might add. I would call him a liar right to his face. Americans were dying and you were lying. Why did you do that? Why did you think about this? They will tell you all the time that you're a science denier, trust the science. And all these different um, catchy little buzz phrases that they have for basically telling you to shut up. Shut up. Don't question us. We know what's best. When I'm telling you don't wear a mask because it's dangerous, listen to me. When I tell you to wear a mask, listen to me. When I tell you to wear two masks, listen to me. This is basically what they were saying. Anything that didn't fit the pro-China narrative, and this has to fully be investigated, why would someone choose China over their own country, America? The paperwork shows that Fauci shut down COVID-19 origin discussion, and there was great debate. Right out of the box, Fauci was sent memorandums saying that this appears to be engineered in a lab and not of natural origin. Do you know to this day, Fauci says there's no evidence that this is not natural origin this guy is he's too much but i'll tell you what get him under oath and let's see what he says and you read back what he said you've told the american people a thousand times that there's no gain of function research no funding through nih because fauci is one of those sort of academia liars that you got to really listen to him very carefully because when he was one time testifying, he did this nuanced thing 
where he somehow insulates his words. It's 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 almost I got to tell you, it's almost beautiful. But it's so ugly. You know, the ugly dog, the tongue's hanging out. They have the ugliest dog competition. The hair's all spiked out. The dog has crazy eyes. The tongue is crooked and hanging out the teeth at the side of the mouth, drooling. It's so it's so ugly. It's beautiful. That's sort of Fauci when he's trying to squirm. It's probably not a great description of it, but I know what I mean, and I'm, I'm hoping I'm conveying at least a picture, radio theater of the mind, that, 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 that I'm trying to paint here. But I'm going to go with Redfield. Redfield says, no doubt, NIH funded gain-of-function research. So we know now that the terrible baseball pitcher, otherwise known as number 19, otherwise known as Anthony Fauci. By the way, I didn't like that a little bit. When he went out in that Washington baseball jersey and he was number 19, I, 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 I thought he was such a punk. What was that like? Your number? You're, you're Mr. 19? You're Mr. COVID-19? Give me a break. You're a loser. Highest paid employee in the history of the United States of America. And it's not unusual. You know, look around. You see it all the time. You see people that don't deserve things and you wonder, oh, my God, you wouldn't pay that person three dollars an hour. Look at them. Look at that uselessness. So they sidelined anyone who did not agree with COVID-19 was a product of natural origin. It never, ever was. We knew it. And you, you know, you know my policy on this program. I tell you what I know. I tell you what I think. And I even tell you sometimes when I know something, but I can't prove it. And I'll tell you what, you wouldn't believe right now the things that I know are true, but I can't prove them. So I won't, I can't say it. I just won't, it's just not in me to be, to, to, to be able to do that. Some people do it. Oh, I can't say for sure, but you know, you know, I got to nail it down. I, and I am held to a different standard. I get no leeway. I don't know why that is. I think it's jealousy. I think it's um, it's a lot of reasons. But I get no, no budge room whatsoever. I told you a story how I was a headline article when I was the third person to report something. I wasn't first. I wasn't second. I was third. And I had confirmation from... Two high-ranking county people. I always exonerate Levinson because if I say high-ranking, people think I'm saying it's Levinson. It wasn't Levinson, but it was very high-ranking people. And it was on the death of, and it was just somebody that knew that we had been contributing to Sister Jean Webster's kitchen uh, and that we knew Sister Jean and all of this. And I was I was called. It was either a Saturday or a Sunday. I know I broke it over the weekend. I don't remember which day it was. Uh, but it was one of the weekend days, and I was told by two people from the county and one other person, really reliable sources, that Sister Jean Webster had died. Now, you think about, like, what is newsworthy about reporting that I got that wrong? It was a headline story that I was wrong. 
because they take great joy because we're we're never wrong because I don't break something until I know it. It is the one and only story that I can think of in 31 years that I just blatantly got wrong. And what I did, I didn't blame anybody else. I took it took it for the team. And I remember though I said I got to do something about this because it's just it's just not sitting well with me. And I said, I know what I'll do. I'll make a big ass contribution to Sister Jean Webster's kitchen. I think it was six or seven thousand dollars. And we had contributed before, but this was in one shot. And I went there with this big blow up check. Sister Jean Webster, big hug, big smooch. She announces, Harry, you can say I died every day. And I left there just feeling like we had made lemonade out of lemons. And then when Sister Jean Webster did die, we didn't know it at the time, but we found out that she was this was you talk this is like a this is like a Mother Teresa legend. Sister Jean Webster was with just an unmarked grave. And I said, that's not going to stand. And we raised the money and we got this beautiful headstone uh gorgeous gorgeous color gorgeous uh engraving her picture was engraved in the stone beautifully done and uh that's you know what we tried to do to to make up for for what we had done but i mean that's just to give you an idea we're not allowed to be wrong i don't know that anybody's ever had a story done about them i remember laughing about it when i came in because sister jean was alive so you could laugh about it, and she laughed about it, uh, and we did what we could to make up for it. And I remember saying, though, who's ever gotten an article, headline article, about something like that? And the guy who was third, they never reported on the first two, just the guy that was third and wrong. That's the standard. But I'm okay with it because it, it drives me. Fox News commentary. New York City Mayor Eric Adams is having a change of heart on face diapers, and it's as hypocritical as you'd imagine. I'm Tommy Lahren. More next. Businesses don't run on automation or algorithms alone. What powers businesses are your people and the people they serve. At CentOS, your dedicated service reps understand what you need to help you keep your employees feeling safe, comfortable, and performing their best. So your business can, too. For workwear, essential cleaning products, first aid and safety supplies, and fire protection services, visit Cintas.com. Oh, I'm ready! And get ready for the workday. Our city mayor, Eric Adams, was once, not long ago, an honorary member of the mask police, but now he's had a change of heart. While on local radio this week, he directed store owners to have their customers drop their masks upon entry so as to reassure folks they are not criminals looking to rob the place blind. And while those stupid face masks do make it easier to anonymously commit crimes in New York City, what difference does it really make? Because known thugs and felons with rap sheets a mile long still get away with all of their lawlessness, masked or not. These liberals change their rules and policies with the wind because they are shameless and will never admit they have botched literally everything they've touched from COVID to crime and everywhere in between. So I guess this means mask up and now mask down, New York City. I'm Tommy Lahren and you can watch my show Tommy Lahren is Fearless at Outkick. Sean Hannity this afternoon at 3. Now.
Early in the morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. It is 26 minutes past the hour. Thanks for waking up early in the morning. I went to the archives of harryhurley.com. We also have harryhurley.net, harryhurley.info. Anyhow, we went to the archives of harryhurley.com. Sister Jean Webster, as best as I can tell, she passed away on January 10th of 2011. And just I was so sad because, I mean, at the time of her passing, but but I didn't find out until March of 2013 that she was buried in an unmarked grave with no proper headstone. I think there was something, something small, but not not what it should be and not what it is now. God, I'll tell you, time goes so fast. That's a that's a decade ago. Wow. I vividly remember that. There's a beautiful marker uh, in Atlantic City. Uh, I love those things. I'll tell you, I think they're beautiful. They they, um, they tell a nice story about people that have contributed in Atlantic City, and she certainly uh, is deserving of hers. But that's how far that goes back. Boy, I'll tell you, that's why I always say make every make every second count. I have about 10 emails. Uh, go Redfield, go. A lot of um, a lot of people happy. I, look, I'm not going to rejoice in the downfall of Anthony Fauci. It's not my it's not my makeup, but he's so he is such a disgrace. And it's so outrageous what he did at a time where the stakes couldn't be higher. You always have to look out the worst of our kind. I know of a particularly contemptible person that did this to his family. When someone dies, look out for the bad actors because that it is then that they will operate in a way that you wouldn't even you wouldn't even be able to imagine. And you couldn't imagine doing it yourself. But they up when you're in mourning. They operate, they're in fifth gear overdrive with their deceit, deception, theft, whatever they can do, whatever they can get away with. They're out there. They're amongst us. Believe me when I tell you that. So here we have people dying, people like Kenny Jeremiah and others, 1.1 plus million Americans. And that's reported. You You just don't know. It could be many more, uh, and and if you want to debate even out of the 1.1 million, if you want to say that they they had COVID 19, but they died of something else, but they they put on the you know the cause of death COVID 19, you know we can have that fight, uh, but the number that's basically recorded is 1.1 plus million Americans died of COVID 19. Meanwhile, this Fauci is standing before the American people and he's not coming clean. He's not straight with us. And if not, then when? And he is now so busted. And every day it's getting worse. And at some point, I don't know what it's going to take a new president a little bit more time, the hearings that are going on right now. 
at some point, the storyline is not going to be, well, some agencies of the federal government believe that it happened in lab, you know, engineered manner, and some believe that it's of natural origin. No, 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 no. What I want to do is everybody that says it's of natural origin, haul them in, haul the ones in that are also of the belief that it's biologically engineered too. I'm not saying just just bring in one side, but you bring in those people that say it's of natural origin and you cross-examine them under oath and let's see how their truth stands up. You know, truth in a cross-examination stands up very well. It's only lies, obfuscation, and things like that that collapse. This is why, for example, uh, uh, Alex Murdoch should not have testified, which I said from the beginning. And now, just uh, by the way, two things I predicted last week. that I said that within the next day, and I said, give me one to three days, but I said, I'll bet you it's today. A juror is going to come out and say, we didn't even need three hours. And she did. And she said they didn't need 45 minutes. Then I said a juror is going to come out and say if Murdoch didn't testify, they would have found him not guilty. And a juror did come out and say that. I'm telling you, stick with us. We've got a track record on this stuff. And it's for good reason. We're not making, you know, wild guesses. And why do you think I win all these pizzas? I bet things like Trump is going to run. I win a dinner. I bet that DeSantis is going to run. I'm going to win a pizza. I mean, don't don't uh, like I won seven pizzas in, in, the, in the playoffs. Don't don't get me wrong. I mean, some of these things that we do put out there, you know, they're always subject to a result that we have no control of. But if you look at something, it's like I tell you with Biden, what he tells you is a lie almost 100 percent of the time. He says he was at these civil rights things. No, he wasn't. He talks about corn pop and rusty chains and hairy legs and and, uh, you know, blowing all women's hair. And uh, I mean, I could go on and on and on. Everything he says is a lie. Go search far and wide for the one thing that's not a lie. That would be the tough one. Like Corinne Jean-Pierre on a daily basis. Pick out something that's true. Whew, what a tough job that is. That would be brutal. But they're not 100% liars, but they're about 99.9 infinity. Occasionally, there's, there's a piece of, a bit of, a truth, but not often. Not often at all. Much more straight ahead. We'll be back. It's 33 minutes past the hour. Did you know New Jersey's proposed energy master plan is going to cost $1.4 trillion of your money? That's nearly $150,000 per person. That's to electrify all of your home appliances, pay the bill for public EV charges, stop the sale of gas cars and trucks, and put our electric grid on unreliable footings. Join Affordable Energy for New Jersey as we advocate for common sense energy policy and solutions that actually work for South Jersey. Learn more about the state's proposed policies at NJAffordableEnergy.com. 
This is the Town Square, New Jersey Info and Weather Network. And this is Harry Hurley at 33 minutes past the hour with three stories that you can follow on the WPG Talk Radio 95.5 app. Elvis, Sinatra, or Michael Jackson? Who is number one all time in physical record sales? We've got it. Check it out. Ocean City has an incredible lineup of spring events. Uh, Check that out. And some of the finest crab cakes ever made in the Atlantic City area. From the Town Square, New Jersey Info and Weather Network, I'm Chief Meteorologist Dan Zarrow. One more day of nice weather today before things turn not so nice tomorrow. Mostly to partly sunny skies across South Jersey today with a pleasant high temperature of 52. Clouds will increase tonight. It'll be cool and dry, low 31. Tomorrow, a mostly cloudy morning, high 47. Rain arrives in the afternoon, becoming steadier and heavier at night. That storm system will wrap up by midday Saturday. Get weather 24-7 wherever you are. Download our free mobile app today. My friend and I are taking... Early in the morning, WPG Talk Radio 95.5 and on the WPG Talk Radio app. WPG Talk Radio 95.5. We are back 39 minutes past the hour on the Early in the Morning program. Wide open forum coming up at 7. John Zarek at 8. Deborah Hart and Lung Center for the first half of the 9 o'clock hour. And you will decide what we'll do with the um, second half of the 9 o'clock hour. We'll have fun. Uh, let's see. Oh, also, uh, really looking forward to it. Um, his honor, the honorable Michael Donio tomorrow for the eight o'clock hour in what I promise will be a very wide ranging listenable hour. And then we're going to do a mental health break, uh, with brother Don. All right. So Senate minority leader, Mitch McConnell was hospitalized. It's, it's very sketchy. They're releasing very little except to say that he had a fall at a local hotel during a private dinner and that he was admitted to the hospital where he is receiving treatment. McConnell is 81 years old. He's serving his seventh term in the United States Senate, first elected in 1984. He was Senate majority leader until 2021 when the um, Republicans lost the majority in the uh, in the Senate. Uh, and no other information really is available about his condition. I did hear uh, a report that it, I, they didn't word it this way, but th- what I heard in the report basically indicated is not life threatening or anything like that. Uh, he did fall in the past. I don't remember how long ago it was, and I think he broke his shoulder or something like that. You might have remembered he was wearing a sling for a while. Here's a uh, shh, shh, it's a secret because I keep trying to tell you all of these different apparatchiks of government, they all protect Biden. They're all Democrats where they would leak like a sieve regarding President Trump. They don't come clean with us on anything. I mean, all you have to do is look at the look at the way the National Archives has behaved to Trump versus how they behave to biden now somebody that's better than me come up with an answer to how the national archives could have nine boxes of biden documents that they took from that penn biden center that's basically funded by china and nobody wants to talk about it it's just it's it's just amazing to me what what is allowed to go on and who they go after 
for next to nothing and who they let go that have done big things. I mean, you know, Merrick Garland with a straight face. I'm not involved with the Hunter Biden thing. Give me a break. You're not involved, you liar. Five years they've been investigating this kid. So the the National Archives and Records Administration has had nine boxes of Biden documents since before the November general election. So that's first Tuesday, November, very early November. So say November, December, January, February. That's four months and now nine days into March. And they haven't even opened the boxes because they are a Biden protection program, just like the DOJ is a Biden protection program. And so is the IRS. Imagine if the IRS had a Trump kid that owed millions of dollars. Oh, yeah, we'll just leave you alone and you get the Al Sharpton treatment. We'll never bother you. Don't worry. Uh, and, you know, you got a friend that'll give you a million. Yeah, OK, give us that. It's, it's all good. No, no problem. No, no worries. Do we ever hear anything about you, you, Have you ever had a mistake and you just can't believe it? They sock you with so many uh, so much penalty and interest and all that. Do we hear anything about how much how can we not know how much Hunter Biden owes in back taxes? How, how can we not know that? I mean, remember, they leaked to Rachel Madcow the uh, Trump tax return. And she made a fool of herself. So the National Archives and Records Administration has confirmed that they have yet to review nine boxes of documents. And I think there's a really good reason, because I think those boxes are filled with classified documents. Now, how come the FBI hasn't swarmed in there? They should be putting it out all over the floor, taking pictures, publishing like they did. Remember, I told you the New York Times did a 3D graphic model of Trump uh, Mar-a-Lago and where the documents were and the door and the documents. They had them all spread out. Remember, the thing I remember about Trump documents, they had the folder, the classified folder. We don't know anything about Biden's. And remember, Trump had permission. He had the authority to declassify anything he wanted. I love the one answer he gave. I mentally, I mentally thought to do it. There's no, there's no law. There's no, there's no policy. I heard somebody in the the, uh, bureaucracy say that he did something against policy. Shut up. It's an absolute power. You, you, you bureaucrat, fool, Democrat. He violated policy. When you're allowed to declassify any document, there's not any policy you can violate. He didn't go through the proper procedure. It doesn't say the president has to go through some bureaucrat, some Democrat politician with a bureaucratic title. There's no there's nothing in there. It's an absolute right. Biden was vice president. All these documents are from when he was vice president. I want to know why the FBI, why no, no knock raid. How about amphibious vehicles and helicopters and and long rifles and and camo and 100 people? Why not? They got nine boxes of documents 
from somebody who's already known to have mishandled classified documents. Pretty compelling argument, isn't it? So for more than four months, they're sitting in the National Archives and Records Administration, and they're may and I, I don't know if there's classified documents. If past his prologue, I mean, look, he had him in the uh, the oily garage floor where Hunter used to smoke crack. Right there. Oh, oh, Joe said, oh, the door's always locked. There's pictures of the doors wide open. With the with the uh, the, the, the Biden Camaro or whatever that car is in there. I love when Biden, he's at an EV plant. He goes, I still like my, you know, his car is a gas guzzling V8, you know, in the worst possible era for, for pollution and things like that. Nothing like what we have today where it's all much cleaner. No catalytic converter. No, no, nothing. They, they get away with being such liars. It, it is it is truly remarkable what they get away with. But I think that's just rich. I think it's delicious. Nine boxes for four months and nine days, and they admit they have yet to review these nine boxes. I, I don't even who, – who's getting fired today? You know the answer to that. No one. Uh, it's a Biden protection program at every turn. Biden family protection program. It's get Trump and let Biden get away with anything. It's got to – I tell you – for you loony left, you must love the, these rules that nothing applies to you and that if there isn't anything, they'll make up some process crime to get whoever they want to get. Early in the morning, WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450 AM. Hi, it's Mark Levin. Join me this evening at 6. Now back to Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio, 95.5 FM, 1450 AM, South Jersey's talk station. Thank you, great one. Welcome back. Uh, here is something that, again, I tell you every so often that I really have no desire to run for office. I just don't. I love the job I have. I feel like I can make much more of a difference in, than being one of hundreds or one of 80 or one of 40. I just, It's just not... Uh, it's not it's, it's it's not desirable to me at all. I, I love covering it and I have a lot of respect for people that do it. Uh, there was a time where I would have liked to have been in office, uh, but I can promise you that ship sailed more than three decades ago and I never looked back. I never had interest in ever running again, never seriously looked at anything. There was one time when somebody planted something that I had to answer to when there was statewide coverage that I was go- going to run for Lobiondo's seat, and I, I wasn't, never ever had a discussion, never met with anyone, never met with any uh, money people or anything. Uh, it was just it was just a bad rumor, and it got out like wildfire. Uh, it's the only time I've ever had to answer to something like that. And I just said, no, I, I'm not interested. I'm, I like the job I have. I love the job I have, and I want to keep the job I have. But here's – if I was in a position of power – uh, electorally, I I would love to create something where when elected officials besmirch, libel, slander, if it's the written or spoken version, it's one or the other. Libel is written, slander is verbal. You should be able to sue that person and you should be able to recover damages. I don't want them to be able to speak from committee dioceses or from the House floor or the Senate floor and be covered, 
that anything they say, nothing you can do about it. That's not constitutional. That's got to stop. You've got this guy that I don't know very much about, but what I know I don't like. Congressman Raul Ruiz of California. He is the ranking member on the House Select Subcommittee on the coronavirus pandemic. He accused a witness, Nicholas Wade, of being a racist. Now, listen to the um, the connection. Wade wrote a book in 2014 that COVID-19 leaked from a lab in Wuhan, China. I don't know everything about uh, Nicholas Wade. I don't I don't know really anything about Nicholas Wade, except I know he wrote the book. I remember that he wrote the book. Um, and somehow the book was applauded by certain white supremacists. So this makes Nicholas Wade a racist, you see. So let's 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 play that game. You're telling me that if somebody supports you out there that you've no relationship with, they just come out and say, yeah, I like that book. I like that book that this guy wrote. That by connection, not even connection, by the loosest of connecting dots that aren't even there and were never there. So he goes off that Wade should be removed as a witness, that he's discredited that he's unscientific, that he has harmful views. Who are these people? That they think they can do this kind of stuff. I'd like to say, hey, some real scoundrels support you. I mean, you think about it. You think Afghan Taliban terrorists want Donald Trump or Joe Biden as president of the United States of America. So if the Taliban wants Joe Biden... To be president, then by this Raul Ruiz jackass standard, Biden is a terrorist. He is a Taliban terrorist. You get what I'm saying? They support the Democrats. Some of the worst people on planet Earth support the Democrats. And remember, they're the racist party. They're the party of the KKK. Make no mistake about it. Robert Byrd, Grand Kleagle, you can go all through it. Joe Biden's idol, his role model, Robert Byrd, Grand Kleagle, KKK. But somehow this is all flipped now. And it's crazy. And it, may, it just makes no sense. So this guy shouldn't be able to testify because some terrible people uh, complimented a book that he wrote. Hey, look, maybe they thought that it did happen in a weapon lab and they liked the book. What does that mean? Anybody who buys your book, you're, you, you become that person, you become that ilk. This guy is, it lost his mind saying things like this. And, and notice they get to say, discredited, unscientific, harmful views. How about your views? Do you vote for all this critical race theory stuff? Do you support uh, having five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, and 11-year-olds reading pornography? I mean, let's, let's, 
let's go through this now. You want to have you want to have this this litmus test here. So they accuse this witness of harboring racist views because racists liked his book. And that that should never that should never, ever be allowed. I mean, look, look at the game that can be played then. The worst people in the world could go say, I endorse, uh, you know, George W. Bush to be president. And then what? George W. Bush is that person? I don't think so. And I, I'm telling you, I want there to be the law of the land that you should be able to sue and recover for damages, compensatory and punitive for public conduct conduct such as Raul Rawiz. Why wouldn't that be fair? You call somebody a racist and, and you hurt their business. You interrupt their contractual relationships. Maybe clients stop doing business. Future clients won't do business because you put out publicly. I'll tell you what, I'd go after this guy. I would go after this guy. I mean, five minutes after he did it, he would have been served. I don't know what this I'm going to try to find this Nicholas Wade. And again, I don't know anything about him. But I, I'm telling you the connection that Rawie's made. Open Forum begins now. PGG Atlantic City, WENJHD3 Millville, a town square media station. Everything you need to know in six minutes starts now. From Harry Hurley Way in the world's playground to the broadcast pioneers of Philadelphia Hall of Fame. I want to congratulate my friend, Harry Hurley. You're about to find out why Harry Hurley has been named to the Talkers Magazine list of the 100 most important talk show hosts in the nation. Live from the studios of Town Square Media in Northfield, it's Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Thank you very much. Approaching seven minutes past the hour. Thanks for waking up early in the morning. Let's do this. Wide open forum, 609-407-1450. Let's take as many of your phone calls as possible. See what's on your mind. You've heard a little. I didn't even scratch the surface. I got through about 25% of the stuff that I had show prep for in the last hour. Let's see what you have to say. Welcome to Hurley in the Morning. You're on the air. Hi, Harry. It's Anna Marie from Galloway. Hello. Hi. Um, I'm calling about the wonderful government of Atlantic City. <laughs> um, please. That was please. That, yeah, it rolled right off your tongue. That was beautiful the way you said that. Oh, I, I'm telling you. First of all, I'm the founder of the Chrome Angels RC. We're a woman's motorcycle club. Cool. For years, we have participated in the St. Patty's Day Parade. Now, um, I've been back and forth with Sonny McCullough, you know, to make sure that we're in it. Atlantic City is demanding that we have 100000 slash 300000 insurance coverage. We have never had that. And the state of New Jersey doesn't even require that as a minimum or maximum. And, and, and Anna Marie, here's the crazy thing. Go go find the insurance uh, rider that they have when they're having their cigar smoking parties at the boathouse and all these things that they use uh, that for and other things. Th- this is the biggest clown show. It's a clown car. It really is. It's a tiny little uh, two, two-door buggy, and there's 100 clowns in it. I mean, it's it's unbelievable. 
So, I mean, look, I'm sure you're all insured with your own insurance that you have. Uh, like if you were driving your your motorcycle recreationally or to, uh, as your form of travel. Uh, so just a, just another impediment because they can. I know. And, and it's like, OK, what other hurdles now? We're bringing our international convention to Atlantic City this June. And I'm like, do I even want to deal with this city? I mean, I'm so sorry that I booked that we scheduled our convention for Atlantic City. I really, I really am. I've got girls coming in from all over the country and Canada and um, maybe even Argentina, some of our girls. And I'm like, what? why am I bringing this business to Atlantic City? They don't work with people. Well, there's, there is a difference. The city is incompetent. But if you're doing a group like the big events that come in that are working with Visit Atlantic City, formerly Meet AC, and they work with you and do all that, they're really professional. So the professional people that sell and market Atlantic City, they're really good. The city of Atlantic City is horrifically bad. I, I, it's never been worse, the bureaucracy. It's terrible. So and it, it it just makes it harder for people to participate in things. Yeah, but they make it very easy so, for well, themselves. My... It's very easy yeah. for themselves. No rules apply to them. Uh, just find a way to uh, look. They're so inc- I can tell you because elected officials have told me this. They are so inconsistent on the policy of who they ask to provide insurance and who doesn't have to pay any insurance. I can promise you they're not Mm -hmm. consistent about it. So for some reason, your group got targeted uh, that you should have this. I didn't know where you were going to go with this. I thought maybe they were going to tell you the weight of a certain number of motorcycles. We couldn't do it because of that. I wasn't expecting to hear you. uh, No, it's insurance coverage. And when I questioned it, I said, these aren't e- this isn't even what the state of New Jersey requires for right. our insured drivers. Can you tell me why? Well, no, we don't know. Now, I wonder if every float that's in the uh, parade, I wonder if every other person that's in the parade have to have that policy. I bet you not. Oh, yeah. It, it's now on their website. No, if you go to vehicle permits and you go under uh, boardwalk permits, it lists the 100,000, 300,000 coverage and like i said in years past it was never that because i never had that much coverage on my motorcycle right well so 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 does it sound like to me what i'm hearing is you're not going to be in the parade oh no no i spoke to sonny mccullough we're going there's only a few of us that, that don't have that maximum and we have 20 motorcycles coming up for the parade and we'll be there okay good good this will be, this we'll will, be there. All right. I appreciate the update. So, I wish I could say I'm surprised, right. but I know who we're dealing with I here. Know. So no surprise here at all. <laughs> well, thank you for letting me finish. Yep, you got it. <laughs> See ya. And everything they do, they make it sound like, oh, yeah, how can you complain about that? We're, you know, we're protecting the taxpayers of Atlantic City as they hire every friend and family member. And you know the running joke. They've run out of friends and family members to hire, so they're now hiring ex-wives. I mean, it's so bad. It is a blatant employment agency. It's so it's so awful. And they don't follow anything. But they, they couldn't wait to drop the hammer on you. Hey, we're protecting the interests of the, the great city of Atlantic City. It's a great day in the city of Atlantic City. Welcome to Hurley in the Morning. You're on the air. 
Good morning, Harry. How are you? Once uh, again, I ask, how are you? I am well. <laughs> it's a great day in Northfield. It's a great day in Egg Harbor Township when I left about, what was it, uh, four hours and 12 minutes ago. It's just a great day, George. Well, let me tell you, I was going to have such a difficult time compressing into about what I was going to try to do in three minutes. You can do and it. And I knew it was going to be. Excuse me? You can do it. I have confidence. Okay. I, well, I, oh, hold on. I not only was having a difficult time, but this gentle lady that just called has made it easy for good, me. Good. Thank you so much. Good. Good. <laughs> I, I cannot thank her enough because, I mean, you know, every once in a while you need a point of reference for yourself, just like you have said many times, you know, about your 31 years. And then yesterday you said you want another 30, whatever, because <laughs> I know you want to have a chance to do double of what you've already done. Yeah. I want to okay. I want to set a record. <laughs> <laughs> in my in my mind and heart, you've already set records. Uh, you're you're very kind. Well, you know what I say something like that. All I'm asking for is another 31 years. Liberal socialist Democrat heads explode when I say that. Oh my God, no, not 31 more years of this guy. So <laughs> some of it's just fun. <laughs> okay, so let me try my three minutes because yeah. this was going to be something. And now I feel that it is going to be something okay. so important. Bring okay? it. Bring it. And, and, and for the general, excuse me? Bring it. Okay. And for the gentle lady, I understand what you're talking about. It is a horrible thing that's being done to you. And I, hey, I, I was a Kawasaki franchisee in 1972, Harry. Okay. So I know what she's talking about when it comes to the motorcycles. And the horrific situation in Atlantic City with the boardwalk. I mean, like, don't get me started with that. But now let me go with my three minutes. Yep. Well, okay. we got two. Yeah. Go, go. Uh, okay. Oh, yeah, that's fine. Because okay, we've now. already been on for two or three. Go. That's, that's okay. Yeah. We're good. Okay. We're good. Good. Okay. Now, now, let me take a little breath here. And here we go. Okay. It's sad for me to be able to do this in a way where I have to make reference to a beautiful person like Sister Jean Webster and a horrific person like Anthony Fauci. But when you're dealing with facts, you have to deal with things the way that they are and not the way that you want them to be. Now, I met Jean, Sister Jean, and I'm pretty sure, and I may be wrong, on Indiana Avenue at a home that she had, like right behind the fire station. Okay? So th that's how far back. And this is, this is, something that's such a beautiful, precious person. And like what you went through with her and all the way now, as you speak reference to and with the headstone and so on. And then, then we go all the way up to an ass clown like Anthony Fauci. Okay. So the bottom line is when you're looking at somebody like Fauci, all right. And a bureaucrat that is making more and now he's in retirement than any president of the United States ever made. Correct. The highest paid government employee ever. Correct. Okay. And now he's retired. Okay. And you oftentimes talk, and I oftentimes feel, that they never, ever get the retribution for what they deserve. Okay. Yeah, that is true. Almost but, never. That, because they're on, that, they're on the easy side. The left side gets taken care of because the game is rigged. The refs rig the game. The the judges rule in their favor. The prosecutors don't prosecute. It's easy for them. The, just just replace Hunter Biden with Donald Trump Jr. 
Do you think it would be a five-year investigation before he would be in prison for a long time? Uh, you know, th- th- I don't want to go off base here because... Well, it's the same thing. It's the same thing. Okay. Oh, yeah. Because then you're talking about President Biden, a real scumbag. Please. Okay. But it's all the same. The, the lefties get away with it all. And anyone that's perceived on the right gets the hammer. It's it's just it's awful. George, I've got to get the break in. I'm at 17 minutes past the hour. I was I was supposed to go two minutes ago uh, to be continued, my friend. Have a good day. Thank you. 609-407-1450. More of your phone calls in just a moment. Please don't go away. This portion of Hurley in the Morning is brought to us by United Methodist Communities at the Shores. And without question, I can tell you, and in fact, John Walters did yesterday, that it's an amazing facility. John is there all the time. And uh, he actually said yesterday that sometime down the road, that's where he wants to live. That's it. Tom P. with a Harry Hurley double H hat on. Tom, what an honor. What an honor to be your colleague. That was beautiful. Man, that hat is nice. That's a Nike hat. And I have to thank my very good friend uh, who has never let me go public that that does help me well the logo was mine but designed all of it and ah uh, just such a good friend uh thank you tom p so anyhow getting back to united methodist communities at the shores if you or someone you know if you're considering senior living options i recommend the shores and here's why transitioning to the shores couldn't be easier move in unpack and experience the abundant life that the Shores has to offer. The Shores is fully remodeled. It's beautiful. Private apartments, two beautiful restaurants, a bistro, on-site fitness center, and transportation to local shopping. I don't seem to remember to remember all the time to mention the library, too, because I've been in there. It's on the second floor, and it's beautiful. It is, I'm telling you, there's a front desk area. You see the bistro just to the left of it, straight ahead as you walk in. It's 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 like you live in a hotel resort. It's amazing. The Shores on Bay Avenue in Ocean City. Call 609-399-8505 to schedule a tour. That's 609-399-8505. And please tell them that Harry Hurley in the morning sent you to United Methodist Communities at the Shores in Ocean City. Here is Sean Hannity. And then right back to your calls. One open phone line, 609 609- Four zero seven fourteen fifty. Turn up your radio. Here's the Sean Hannity Morning Minute. We now have in January the highest number of illegal immigrants than we had for a month starting last year. 2021 was a record in terms of the illegal immigrants coming into the country. 2022 was a new record set by Joe Biden because he's not enforcing the laws of the land. As a matter of fact, he's aiding and abetting the law-breaking. We are on track now in 2023. Last time I checked, except if I was Joe Biden, I wouldn't know it's 2023. I don't think he knows what day it is, never mind what year it is. But anyway, we're now on track to have another record year. Over five and a half million illegal immigrants they've allowed into this country. I'd even take it a step further. They're aiding and abetting the law breaking into this country. And then they're telling us that the border is secure. Check out the Sean Hannity Radio Show later today, right here. 
Hey, did you know the Pure Talk saves the average family close to $1,000 a year when they switch from the big carriers, AT&T, Verizon, T-Mobile? Well, that's right. You can save a fortune and you get the exact same service as these big carriers. You get their ultra-fast 5G. You can get unlimited talk and text and plenty of data, and it's only 30 bucks a month. And with Pure Talk, they are so sure you are going to love their service, they back it up with their 100% satisfaction money-back guarantee. So instead of paying a fortune to the big carriers, cut your bill in half with Pure Talk, my cell phone company. Then start enjoying great perks like a U.S. customer service team. They're going to make your switch easy, and you'll be supporting a company that's veteran-owned and shares your values and has you covered with their money-back guarantee. It's simple to make the switch. Dial pound 250. Say the keyword save now. Do it now. You save an additional 50% off your first month. That's pound 250. Keyword save now from our friends at Pure Talk. Simply smarter. WPG Talk Radio 95.5. South Jersey's number one talk station. Hey, thank you. Welcome back. I just learned about a despicable, a totally despicable uh, situation that has occurred. This is just as rotten as it gets. A Russia-linked hacker team or whatever group leaked nude photos of cancer patients after a hospital refused to pay ransom. If you haven't heard about this kind of thing, uh, it's unbelievable what's happening to organizations that are having their entire payroll systems, their accounts receivable, accounts payable, all of their company um, – sensitive information, all of it uh, compromised and locked. You're locked out. You you lose control of your own company and you have to pay these people what they want. Ah, just awful. Look, I don't know. I don't don't even know what this means. I mean, why are there nude photos of cancer patients? Anyhow, I don't even I don't even understand what's going on here. But um, that's the reported item. It's Lehigh Valley Hospital, part of the the um, the valley health network uh or the lehigh valley uh health network uh what a just an awful awful thing these are these are despicable people all right ladies and gentlemen he was a tough negotiator uh he's he's asked for 30 seconds to close the deal clock begins when i say go george okay i'm going to do that 30 seconds in two 15 second segments all right that's already five seconds number one record Go. Segment number one. Okay. All right. Please, Harry. Go. All right. Segment number one. Levin. The other day he was talking about equity, equality, and liberty. So here it goes. Equity without equality is a loss of liberty. Now, the other 15 seconds. That is correct. Go. Taking Anthony Fauci and nailing him to the cross. is now retired. You've got a lawyer that's the best lawyer around coming up in a few minutes. Can he be gone after subsequent to his and into his retirement? And can he be nailed now and not have the protection of the government? Okay, thank you, George. I um, I don't need John for that. And that's not even John's discipline. You, of course, you can go after him and Congress is going to go after him. He's you, you, they're, they're interviewing all these people. To get to Fauci last, uh, they're going to definitely go after him. Uh, he's not going to have any shield. Uh, the government may try to protect him. Uh, the Biden government is corrupt. They may try to protect him. And I don't know what the disposition ultimately will be. 
if passes prologue, he's a lefty. Uh, he is protected. He's part of the beautiful people. So probably nothing will happen to him. But his reputation has already been destroyed. And when it's all said and done, it's really going to be over for him. Uh, he will not have a happy retirement. He'll have a wealthy retirement, but not necessarily a happy retirement. Welcome to Hurley in the Morning. You're on the air. Good morning, Wells. How are you? Very well. Thank you. Yeah, I was just uh, seeing a report now. Do you remember uh, years back when they had the water crisis in Flint, Michigan? Of course. Remember that? Yeah, Obama uh, faked like he drank from the podium. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, but see, Flint, Michigan is a Democratic area outside of Chicago, okay? And they had everybody there. They had the DEP, the EPA, everybody there. Including the president, faking like he was drinking the water. Yeah, it's totally different. This is, unfortunately, Ohio, and Biden doesn't care. And in particular, it's Ohio uh, in a small 4,700-person town that probably not one person in the town voted for Joe Biden. Everything they do is strategic and political, and they're disgusting people. Whenever you get in office, you got to represent everybody. You got to be like Palestina. You know, a lot of people didn't vote for him, but more people voted for him than 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 the other guy. He wins, but he's got to represent everyone. You know, you can't take a call and say, hey, where do you live and what's your name and who did you vote for me and all that. I mean, the fact that the president hasn't gone there is is an abomination. Isn't that something? He says he's going there and he's been missing for the past two days. He said, I'm going to get there at some point was the exact quote. I'm going to get I'm going to get there at some time. And, you know, they they just don't care. Unbelievable, Harry. I know. I don't know what to tell you. Well, they're they're awful. Yeah, it is something. Now, if that happens in a swing state, uh, say Pennsylvania, do you think Biden would have been there? Philly Joe? Pennsylvania, Joe, uh, don't even have to guess, Matt. He would have been there first week, probably in the right. first two, three days, actually. Right. So, yeah, you, you're you're on to something there. There's no, no doubt about it. Uh, l- let me get in more calls right after the break. You will be next. You'll be right after that. And I hope you hang in. You'll be right after that. And we have plenty of time. We have the whole second half of the hour. We have an open phone line, 609-407-1450. It's early in the morning on WPG Talk Radio. South Jersey's number one news talk radio station. This is the Town Square, New Jersey Info and Weather Network. And it is Harry Hurley at 31 minutes past the hour. Three stories that you can follow right now on the WPG Talk Radio 95.5 app. Elvis, Sinatra, or Michael Jackson? I've got the answer for you, but you got to read my story to get it. Who sold more physical albums and records than anyone in history. It's one of those three. Ocean City, New Jersey has an incredible spring events calendar. We wrote a piece about it. And I write about some of the finest crab cakes in the Atlantic City area. Check it out. On gold. From the Town Square, New Jersey Info and Weather Network, I'm Chief Meteorologist Dan Zaro. Temperatures this morning are hovering right around the freezing mark. We'll aim for a high of 52 this afternoon. That qualifies as pleasant here in early to mid-March, especially with mostly to partly sunny skies, lighter winds, dry air, and dry weather. Increasing clouds tonight, low 31. Tomorrow starts mostly cloudy with a high of 47. Rain arrives tomorrow afternoon, getting steadier and heavier tomorrow night. 
Get weather 24-7 wherever you are. Download our free mobile app today. March is early in the morning. WPG Talk Radio 95.5 and on the WPG Talk Radio app. Hi, it's Mark Lee and Van Camp. Join us later today at 1. Now back to Hurley in the morning on WPG, Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450 AM, South Jersey's talk station. The actor John Schneider, uh, very, very famous from Dukes of Hazard, and he's done a lot of other work that, that you're not as familiar with. Really talented guy, really beautiful guy. His wife recently passed away, and I have to tell you, um, well, we're friends on Facebook, and for some reason his stuff is always on my feed. I don't know the the algorithm algorithms and all the things that Facebook does. But anyhow, so we have connected. Uh, and he writes the most beautiful things about his wife. And he has done it every single day uh, before her passing, but since her passing. Just beautiful. This this man's heart, I mean, is um, is just so good. And uh, I was just reading uh, his latest post. He put today, my beautiful smile, which is what he calls his wife. Today, I'm going to endeavor to laugh without crying. That's how it begins, to face the day with energy and to make you proud in everything I do. Uh, he's, he's just beautiful, I'm telling you. You know, you go see a man's heart and you get to know the man. You get to know what the person's all about. And the things that he writes about his wife just tells you what a beautiful person he is. It's really been amazing to see. Welcome to Hurley in the Morning. You're on the air. Malicious uh, malice. <laughs> How about uh, malicious malice toward none? Go ahead. Go ahead, Willie. No, that's not it. No. I know. I know malicious it's not it. Malicious <laughs> malice. <laughs> Willie, I'm not going to interrupt you again. I know that wasn't it. I can tell. Go ahead. Today, this is today. I, I did a good job. Okay. But I, we got to keep it going. Yeah, I know. Got to keep it going. I know. I agree. Uh, this militia, this militia's malice, Harry, <laughs> and you have uh, unrest versus justice. Remember, we talked a couple days ago, and I was saying to you, and you were speaking about the border, and I was saying to you, and what you know is discussion. You ain't seen nothing yet. How? When these people from the border get in, down in Atlanta, all over the place, Michigan, unrest. But here's the question, are we ready? We can say we know the election, Trump fixed it. It's not going to fix everything. The hat is out of the box, and it's not going to be usable. And the thing is, we ready here in this country. These people, you have unrest, somebody upset in the city, you don't know which way the police, the judge, or the mayor, or city council government is going to go. These fools, you got yes people there now. And again, you got perfect example. Look at now celebrating at Selma. All right, these bail have celebration now, but that's not the key. What we're going for voting. This has been hundreds of years before. They did it. If America want to do something, they can do it. You can build a plane or a tank. But they opened the door. Same as to the border. Before that, what it were in the 60s, it was the same thing. People picking cotton, and they got cotton gin. So they say we ain't got to fight with them to vote. It was about their vote. So we'll get people coming from Mexico and different places, and they'll go back. So you made this mess, and it's going to take all to undo it, but especially uh, uh, the majority. And you understand that's why I'm saying integrated thought and speech. 
No matter. Willie, Three. Willie, before you go, this is a, a pop quiz, and I'm doing it because I believe you know the answer. I learned it from Bill Gussie when I was in eighth grade. Probably learned it before then, but I remember Bill Gussie teaching me this. Who invented the cotton gin? Eli Whitney. I knew it. Willie, I swear I would never put you on the spot and try to embarrass you. I knew you would know the answer. Eli Whitney invented the cotton gin. Thank you, Bill Gusty, for teaching me that. Willie, have a great day. You know, keep it up, Willie. You're you're your best version of Willie that I've known in 31 years, and I've known you before that even. 609-407-1450, open phone line. Welcome to the Hurley in the Morning program. Oh, it's a great day in Brigantine, Harry. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah, that we learned about the cotton gin. God, I, I, I'll bet you I was in third or fourth grade when, when we learned that. Um, so you mentioned, uh, real quick, you mentioned um, why Joe Biden's not going to uh, East Palestine. You know, um, you mentioned that probably everybody there voted for Trump. and They did overwhelmingly vote Trump, but... I, I, you know, I like to use quotes against people when they, you know, they, they come up with a quote, they put it out there, but then so many times later it can be used against them. So why doesn't Joe go to East Palestine? I'll give you an Obama quote. We're going to punish our enemies and we're going to reward our friends who stand with us on issues that are important to us. Yeah, that's why. Yeah, that's we're, why. We're oh, yeah, it's, it's brazen. There's no doubt it's brazen. I mean, the only reason he even said I'm going to go there at some point is he was walking to the to the plane. I guess it was Marine One, actually, off of the White House lawn. And somebody got him from the press corps. And he said, you know, I'm going to get there at some point. But he hasn't gotten there yet, has he? Just like he was going to get to the border. How long did that take? And, And then they sanitized the whole place. Why didn't they send him there with what it really looked like? So these are just terrible people. And there's no doubt about it. They pick winners and losers. Yeah. Now, as far as Anthony Fauci, yeah, um, you you make the comment about someone who sets a fire, create does does an act of arson, and then shows up when the fire department comes to put the fire out, and they stand there and watch. Yeah. So yeah. So Fauci uh, uh, wanted them to come up with this paper to you know push this. This narrative about the, the about the uh, 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 you know going from um, uh, animals to humans blah 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 yes, blah. Yes, natu- they call paper. it natural origin. Yes, so he commissions the paper so that he can then later use the very paper he commissioned as evidence to support his theory. <laughs> And then, and then he acted like he didn't even know who did the paper. I don't know who did it, um, but, you know, they came to the conclusion that this is natural origin when he paid for the result. And anybody that was on his team, Redfield and others, that said, look, we're looking at the DNA sequencing and all these different things of this. This is, has all the makings that it was engineered in a lab. This is not natural origin. Well, they got, quote unquote, sidelined, Andy. Well, I I read something. I don't remember the exact number, but I read something to where they manipulated this thing to, to, to try to figure out where it would be in like 250 years or something, how it would evolve over over that time frame, like what 
what the virus would be like at that point, like making it stronger. But just like, why are you doing this? Well, you know, and, I, and you are a better man than I am, Duncan Dan, Harry Hurley, <laughs> because 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 I will take great schadenfreude watching this man, watching this man be taken down. And and wouldn't it be? But Andy, is he going to be taken down? Or will the, just we will know the truth is self-evident and he'll be able to like Bill Clinton and the women. I mean, everybody knows he did it, but it's just left out there messy and and not not just buttoned down the way that it should. Trump brought out some of them, you know, at the one debate uh, when he was running against Hillary. Uh, just, the, the Democrats just seem to get away like Fauci. You see, he's evolved his story before it was you were it was a laughable joke that it was anything other than natural origin. He said every serious person. Meanwhile, he wasn't telling us Redfield said it wasn't that he wasn't telling us this. He was lying and he was by acts of omission, acts of commission. And now his story has evolved with Anderson Cooper and others that he'll do interviews with. He can't do an interview with someone that's going to really go at him. So he now says, we may never know. Some think that it could have happened in out of the lab, a lab leak. And and many believe that it happened through natural origin. I, I, I hate to say this, Andy, just knowing how these people get away with everything. I think it's going to be like, we know we had a recession, but they changed the definition, literally changed the definition. It's true. They It's now documented. It used to be two quarters with negative GDP was a recession. That's no longer a recession. They changed the English language to support their lies and their politics, their agenda uh, to, to try to continue to have power and consolidate more power. I hate to say it, but he's going to be exposed. I believe he already has been. But I think it ends with the ne- the Democrat corporate media, Democrat pro you know, they're politicians pretending to be other things. They're going to make this thing so that uh, it's just we we can't. China won't cooperate. That ought to tell you something right there. If it didn't leak out of their lab, they should have been. Hey, we want to help. Like, you know, we know what happened through natural origin. We're going to know the truth, Andy. But I believe they're going to get away with leaving it as though it's undecided. And and let me say one other thing. I'll turn it back to you. The only vindication will be that everybody who ever said in real time that they believed that it happened in the weapons lab and you were called a kook and a science denier and had your stories taken down and your platform uh, access suspended and or taken away permanently, they will no longer be able to deny you the right to have your opinion on this topic, but they're going to get away with not making it clean and we will not be given finality, maybe in the next administration, but not now, not anytime soon. Well, it's like everything else. They can admit later that they lied because the lie got them what they wanted, just like the Harry Reid and Mitt Romney thing. Correct. The lie got them what they wanted so they can admit they lied later and have no shame. But the one thing about liars, Harry, congenital liars, people who are allergic to the truth, like Joe Biden, is that they tell so many lies that they then lose track of all the 
lies that they told. Yeah, you mean like Joe Biden talking to the conductor on the train who had already been dead. Uh, and I mean, we could go on and on all the stories, the civil rights, civil rights, Joe, how he marched. And there's absolutely no evidence. It's all disproven. It's all fabrication. But you know what's amazing about it, though, is he doesn't stop. He'll keep telling those same stories. Well, what you said about Fauci is true, that you can get him flustered yes. and angry where he and where he lashes out. And even Joe Biden, you can do that to him. That too. is correct. So you have to you have to get a really good lawyer or, or, or a real bulldog like a, a, a Jim Jordan or a, a, a Ted Cruz to press the right button yes. to get them. That's what you got to that, do. That's you know? a home, Andy, that's a home run. I got to leave it with that. I've got to get this last break in. And I would pick Jim Jordan. Ted Cruz is also excellent. Jim Jordan is the finest I've ever seen. I watched him yesterday. He is amazing. He is amazing at getting to the truth. And yes, he, he could tie uh, Fauci in, into a pretzel knot. No doubt about it. Good, good, uh, good call, Andy. You're going to be on, I promise, as soon as we come back. So don't uh, don't leave me. Don't quit on me. I won't quit on you. Did you know New Jersey's proposed energy master plan is going to cost $1.4 trillion of your hard-earned money? That's nearly $150,000 per person to electrify all of your home appliances, pay the bill for public EV charges, stopping the sale of gas cars and trucks, and putting our electrical grid on unreliable footings. Join Affordable Energy for New Jersey as we advocate for common sense energy policy and solutions that actually work for South Jersey. To learn more about the state's proposed policies, go to njaffordableenergy.com. We'll be back. Your calls continue next on the Hurley in the Morning program. WPG, Talk Radio 95.5, South Jersey's number one news talk radio station, all because of you. Thank you. Sean Hannity. Two-thirds of Americans are living paycheck to paycheck. The average American household paying $10,000 in Biden inflation tax. Real wage growth is down. Heating and electric bills now at a 25-year high. Credit card debt is at an all-time record, a 15% jump in the third quarter. That's the highest in over two decades. Are you better off now than you were two years ago? Sean Hannity, weekday afternoons at 3 on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. PG Talk Radio 95.5. Thank you so very much for waking up early in the morning. We appreciate it more than words can say, but I try to say the words anyhow. Five minutes before the top of the hour, 609-407-1450. Phone lines are open. John Zarek about 12 minutes away. Welcome to Hurley in the Morning. You're on the air. Uh, yeah, good morning. This is an excerpt from 2020, uh, actually January 28th, United States Department of Justice. This is in regard to the Wuhan uh, lab incident. The Department of Justice announced today that the chair of Harvard University's chemistry and chemical biology department, that's Charles Lieber, and two Chinese nationals have been charged in connection with aiding the People's Republic of China. Uh, false, fictitious, and fraudulent statements made by all three, and, all, and also uh, the two nationals were actually committing uh, visa fraud and smuggling goods out of America to CCP, China. Jeez. That was going on. And also, yeah, this Lieber, I, Lieber uh, had actually made several trips the Wuhan virology, the, the lab of the Wuhan lab of virology in Wuhan, China, in 2019. Now that that's that's true. That's not the fictitious at all. That was really going on, and uh, it's not that we uh, we we revel in the downfall of somebody, but we're we're seeing the truth come out about this uh, 
this guard, this evil garden gnome known as Anthony Fauci. So it's all good. Yeah, it is all good. And Flash, we need more of it. The problem is they own the Justice Department. They own the entire United States apparatchik, the entire bureaucracy. They protect them at every turn. Just look at the way they're protecting, whether it's the National Archives, how they treat Trump versus how they treat Biden. I mean, we have so many examples that we can prove. But you're right. The truth is going to come out on this. It's just not everybody has to understand. I was thinking about this during the break. Trump won. But the Democrats and the Democrat media immediately said the impeachment begins now. They, They never let him win. They said he was illegitimate. He was a Russian asset. He had Russian woman peeing on him they 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 never let him breathe they didn't let him win they wouldn't acknowledge that he won hillary still hasn't acknowledged that he's won but they're not election deniers joe biden you have to accept that he won or they want to put you in jail katie hobbs you have to believe she won in arizona and in fact she got to sue someone and a judge is awarding money they're charging people for believing she didn't win this is the country we live in now. It's sick. Craig, you get to close out the hour. Go. And Stacey Abrams is down in Nigeria running that election. Hilarious. Hilary. Election denier, Stacey it- Abrams. <laughs> okay. So with that being said, you know, with the Tucker Carlson's thing, with that police officer that got murdered with the fire extinguisher, and then, what, 40 minutes later, he's in the rotunda? And he's moving signs, the dead, the dead police officer. And that dead police officer is a Trump voter. That's what people need to know. That, that, that Well, they just use him. They'll use anyone. You know the expression, they never let a crisis go wasted. That's why they only released what they wanted to release. They're so upset that all this other passive video of cops actually letting people in, that cops actually let multiple cops let that shaman guy, the the guy wearing the Viking outfit, the horns and the, you know, the painted face and all that, the furry vest, they let him in. Uh, it's totally destroying their narrative that they want to be the one and only truth. Let's go a step further. That was a uh, ex-Navy uh, officer, am I correct? Which yes. so <laughs> that's funny. The, 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 the guy with the, the helmet, uh, okay, yeah, with the with this, you know, with the flag, yeah, shaman. Okay, so Harry, let me ask you a question: How many guns did they confiscate down there during that resurrection? I guess it's zero. I don't know. Okay, and and you're an intelligent person, much more intelligent than me, and you would think that there would be a lot of people that own guns that were in that crowd. Would you not agree with me? Well, that's the narrative they want you to believe, they, because it has to be that it was an insurrection. You know what they call protests, violent protests, like Corinne Jean-Pierre, the other one in, in Atlanta. That was incredibly violent. She called it a protest that she didn't even know about. I get your point, Craig. Just remember, the Democrat media and their fellow Democrat compatriots, January 6th has to be an insurrection. To fit their narrative. PGG Atlantic City, WENJHD3, Millville, a town square media station. Everything you need to know in six minutes starts now. Jay Z. From Harry Hurley Way in the world's playground to the broadcast pioneers of Philadelphia Hall of Fame. I want to congratulate my friend, Harry Hurley. You're about to find out why Harry Hurley has been named to the Talkers Magazine list of the 100 most important talk show hosts in the nation. 
Live from the studios of Town Square Media in Northfield, it's Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Welcome back and thank you for waking up early in the morning. It's six minutes past the hour. John Zarek is here. John Zarek is the official and exclusive lead counsel for criminal defense legal matters for the Hurley in the Morning program for many, many years. The law offices of John Zarek presents Thursday mornings in the 8 o'clock hour, Smart Law with John Zarek. The law offices of John Zarek, they focus their efforts on criminal defense law in my humble estimation. But I say this with a with a clear conscience and unconditionally, and I can't often do unconditional testimonials. I I believe that John and his firm are the best at what they do. They're they're the they're the goat at this time. Their goal is to provide you and yours with the very best legal defense. So if you even think that you've got a problem in the criminal realm. Don't don't hesitate, please. I'm telling you, John loves to talk to everybody. And, you know, maybe it's nothing or maybe it's a really good thing that you reached out. So don't assume we're not lawyers. They are. Don't assume. Make the call. If you even have a suspicion that something is going on, don't assume that it's little because it could actually we in the spot that I do for John that we play every day, I talk about uh, how your very freedom or it could be your license to do business. I mean, it's no joke. 609-641-2266. And you'll be involved with the team that I believe is the best criminal defense law firm uh, that we have in the uh, New Jersey metro market. I'd even say beyond, but I'll just John's modest. I'll leave it at that. John, welcome to your program. Harry, you're embarrassing. Like my grandmother. <laughs> that's why your mic I'm isn't so wonderful. That's why I, your mic isn't on here in the studio uh, it, <laughs> until I get to say until I get to say that because you'd stop me. How are you, my friend? Yeah, I'm doing well. Good. Really, really well. Good. Good to you hear. Know, back in the back in the USA, and um, you know, fairly transitioned, I guess you'd say. Was it tough? Like seems. Was it hard? Normal here. Was it hard? What's that to to transition from Ukraine to here? Yes. Um, well, it wasn't hard, except that um, you know, if you're if you're pumping on high adrenaline for two and a half weeks, which is just the way it is when you're in a, an environment that is a, is a war zone, then you um, and then all of a sudden you don't have to worry about the twenty things you have to worry about in a war zone. Um, I wouldn't say it's, it's extreme danger, but there are a lot of things you have to do right. And, um, you know, we're human. So, you know, sometimes we're, we're going to make mistakes and, you know, one of those mistakes could be a really bad mistake. So when you're in that environment and then you go to a, an environment where, um, like here where, you know, no one's, no one's shooting rockets at, our city, you know, no one is, uh, I don't have to go through roadblocks with, uh, you know, uh, a lot of, uh, jumpy young soldiers who are heavily armed and ready to, ready to fire at any time. Um, don't have to ride in the middle of the night in snow and ice. And, uh, you know, that, that's, that's nice. You know, you, you can, you, you calm down, but the, the and of course, the, the immediate problem is you you know you you sort of crash and it's 
takes a little while to to make that transition to get up back up to speed again. So because you're in country where you have to be on your guard all the time, they they this expression it's not literally true, but may, maybe it is. Maybe you'll you'll correct me, but they talk about sleeping with one eye open. But then you come home and you you have to feel so much safer. And we're not overstating, you know, you don't you, you make it a career out of saying I'm not going to take anybody's honor or anything like that. But you were in a dangerous area. I don't think there's any any question about that. So when you were back home and you could breathe easier, you're back in the United States of America. Did you hit the wall? Did you crash? Uh, Yeah. Yeah, I did. I mean, when I came across the Polish border from Ukraine, um, I tried to dial a number and I, you know, I felt like I was shot with Demerol. I I tried to dial a number and uh, it just wasn't, you know, it took me about five minutes to dial that number. Wow. But here's a, I mean, here's an example of what's, you know, I'll read you a message that I got from a friend in Ukraine. Now, she is a, um, an attorney, you know, uh, who lives not in, not in the East, but in another city and, um, you know, really good person, real patriot, um, loves Ukraine, loves, um, you know, loves the country, does everything she can to help the country. And so here's, here's the message I got actually last night. Um, Good day. I and my whole country are very grateful to you for what you are doing. Um, Now, this is anybody. They're grateful to anybody who helps. I'm not special. It's just anybody who wants to help them because they're in such desperate, desperate straits. John, as you know, even me, I got beautiful uh, video and, you know, spoke to nice people because of you. They're they're extremely grateful to all who help them. Yeah. So she said, I and my whole country are very grateful to you for what you are doing. I really appreciate uh, that you think of us, and I ask you to continue doing what you're doing for the good of my country. It is very important for us to survive this war. We want to live. We want to have a future and confidence in what tomorrow will bring. Russia fired fired missiles at Ukraine last night. Five people died in my region. Now, her region is the Lviv region, you know, which is in western Ukraine. Large city, but not in the east. It's in the west, um, you know, not too far from Poland. Um, Russia fired missiles at Ukraine last night. Five people died in my region. Five civilians were killed. People simply went to bed in the evening and did not wake up in the morning. Many people were left homeless. Russia is doing terrible things. I'm crying now. I want to shout to the whole world to help us. I am um, good day. I'm very grateful for your message. Good day and strength in your difficult work. Um, and then she says, Era Yam Slava, which is glory to the heroes. And uh, she also attached... Uh, a picture of a um, a beagle looks like a young beagle. The whole country, you know, to show you the the Ukrainian mentality, 
Beagles are the number one dogs there, the most lovable dogs, friendly dogs, you know. And it seems like every other person has a beagle. Well, here was a, a young beagle pup, I guess. Um, and she says, uh, simply to tears, a dog lies on the ruins of a house destroyed by a Russian missile. The owners of the animal died. And, the you know, the, the puppy is laying on some bedding on, a, on top of a pile of rubble bricks and wood and stuff like that. So... That's, um, you know, that's what's going on. Hey, John, let me ask you a question, because, again, you have insight that the rest of us don't have. You know how I follow um, what's available to me. That's different national reports that, you know, that I'm familiar with. And there's a big focus on Bakhmut. But uh, it's 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 confusing to me because on one hand, they say how Russia is bombing like crazy and possibly have gotten half of it back uh that's a little sketchy but that seems to be what the media is agreeing on and saying but then they say every single time because i've reviewed this with you uh in the past few weeks they say that it's no big deal though and it will have no determination in the war so what why the mixed signals i mean if it's a nothing burger now don't get me wrong people dying and all that you know me i'm not um I'm not discounting any of that, but I'm confused at the um, the intensity of the reporting. But then every single one of the reports concludes that it will have no bearing. They don't even say it's a minor battle or they say it will have no bearing uh, in who wins the war. I'm just confused at the disproportionate reporting of Bakhmut if it's so small in nature. Yeah, well, um, it. it it's a little complex, but easily explained. Um, Bakhmut is just, it's a place that the Russians picked to um, attack a little heavier than other places. And this has been going on for maybe seven months now, a long time. Um, and right in the beginning, uh, the reporting and the information I had was that um, Bakhmut is not a... Um, a strategic point, you know, so it's it's not a crucial place to hold. It's a place to fight if you want to stop and fight and make a stand, and the Ukrainians chose to do that. It's a place to fight, but it's not something that is going to cause a collapse of a line if if it's taken. It's, you know, relatively insignificant strategically. But and then the question is, why are the Ukrainians fighting there and fighting so hard there? And here's the reason why. What they've been doing for the last seven months in Bakhmut is degrading the Russian military. They destroy, they kill, um, they kill and wound um, Russians at a ten to one ratio, and you know they they are very 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 smart and very strategically like genius i would say they set multiple traps they'll um have one group of soldiers um seemingly retreat look like they're running away um but they've already on their flank um set up an a another group of soldiers in ambush the Russians will get all excited 
and uh, or their leaders will get excited and say, now we're going to win, we're going to be the heroes. They charge into the, you know, kill zone toward the, you know, the, where the soldiers retreated, and they get wiped out by the by the people that are set on the flank. Then, of course, they, they run back. The other soldiers, the first set of soldiers, goes back to their line, and maybe they'll do it again on a, in another way, or... When they go back, that and come at when they attack and they go out of their um, hiding places, so to speak, they expose themselves. And when they're running back, they're easily in view, and you know of drones or other observation. And then they, the Ukrainians, use artillery on them, or they use uh, grenade launchers on them and kill those guys. So they're. <clears throat> Ukrainians are very, very, very smart and very dedicated and very brave. And when you have brave people on a battlefield and people that aren't so brave and are thinking about their own um, necks uh, rather than thinking about winning the battle or the engagement, the people who have the attitude are going to win every time. You know, the, the people that become... In, in our country, who, who win the Super Bowl and the NBA championship, they're people with attitude to spare, you know, miles of attitude. John, hold right there. We're going to be right back. It's approaching 20 minutes past the hour. So we went five minutes late, but we'll make it up. Shorter segment coming up in the second segment. Then we'll be right back on track with John Zarek, the law offices of John Zarek, presenting Smart Law with John Zarek, with John I am. Early in the morning, WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450 AM. Sean Hannity this afternoon at 3. Now, early in the morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. We're back 24 minutes past the hour. He is John Zarek, and it's the law offices of John Zarek presenting Smart Law with John Zarek. Counselor, time is yours. Yes, Harry. So the Ukrainian soldiers at Bakhmut and other places, they're not suicidal. You know, it's in fact the last thing. Now, if it were the last battle of the war and uh, Russians were coming and the only way to uh, save the country would be to charge ahead, expose themselves, uh, you know, risk, risk certain death, they would do it. They would do it in a minute. But they're not at that stage. They're, you know, they're fighting the fight, very smart, very well. And they're, you know, doing a great job. I mean, but this six, seven months of Bakhmut has really degraded the Russian military. They've lost countless men, countless men. Um, you know, they're killed and wounded at an astonishing rate. And the Ukrainians, you know, they're not afraid to pull back if it's necessary, uh, if that crea creates uh, a killing opportunity. Uh, it, they're not afraid to switch places on the battlefield. They're not afraid to look like things aren't going well. You know, they're they're smart, and you can see uh, recently that this is a um, cat and mouse game to to some extent. Um, the Ukrainians say they may have to pull back. And um, then the Russians get all excited 
and start claiming victory. And then the Ukrainians say, well, maybe they're not going to pull back. Maybe they're going to stay and fight a while. And then Prigozhin, uh, the leader of the, the Wagner group, started to smell trouble and I think got afraid and said, well, um, you know, we think that uh, we might we could lose because we're not getting enough ammunition and the uh, Russian military, the army is responsible for that. And if anything goes wrong, it's going to be the Russian army's fault. You know, he started talking really like a loser at that point. And then, you know, Zelensky said again, um, you know, put out with to, to social media and to, and the news. You know, we you know it's it's possible that we won't hold this, but every time they do that, uh, they cause the Russians to act stupidly, and they kill a lot more of them. And uh, that's really what this is about. It's about really ruining the Russian army and expending their resources, and they are. You know, you know, again, ten to one ratio. That's what's going on. They really, really are smart people. And, you know, they're they're skilled in tactics and and the Russian soldiers just aren't, you know, the recruits, they don't know what they're doing. They're not going to do anything special on the battlefield. Uh, But the Ukrainians do. They have lots of maneuvers and uh, traps and um, opportunities to kill the other side. And and that's that's what's going on. That's why they're at back mood and not some other place. But if if they pulled back to, um, say, a place five miles back or 10 miles back, something like that, that would be because that offers a greater opportunity to win. You know, at this point, they're doing a great job. I also want to talk a little about, the, uh, you know, United States politics with regard to um, Ukraine. So if if we have that opportunity, I'd like to do that, Harry. Well, without a doubt, we'll do. How about we do this? We'll go to the halftime break right now. And then we're right on right on pace. We'll come right back. And, of course, Counselor, the time is yours uh, as soon as we come back. Uh, this portion of Early in the Morning, I'm very proud to um, report, is brought to us by Gary's Restaurant in Pleasantville. First of all, Gary's a longtime friend. You know, I've been a client of Gary's since Dave and Gary were right here on Tilton Road uh, across from Broadcast Center just a little catty corner down a little bit further towards the mall if you will on the right hand side and so we go back a long long way gary's is a phenomenal restaurant you're going to love the people that you see in there it's just a great vibe it's a great positive atmosphere at gary's restaurant which i always call the united nations of our new jersey metro marketplace because you're just going to see all kinds of different people from all different walks of life. Uh, it's just it's just beautiful. Breakfast, lunch, eat-in, take-out. They're at 831 New Road in Pleasantville. If you want to call ahead, maybe find out what the specials are today. They always have a special menu and that beautiful, I call it, trifold back and front menu that is bigger than ever because Gary has added more uh, menu items and he has upped the game in terms of the dessert section. Oh my gosh. Check it out. I mean, amazing homemade 
cheesecake, rice pudding, all kinds of different desserts that you're going to love. And if you if you don't have room for dessert during your meal, you can take it to go. There's a beautiful brand new refrigerated case that you can go right into and grab that when you're settling your check and take your dessert with you. It's really well done. Uh, and one last favor. When you see Chef Sid and owner Gary Field, tell them that early in the morning sent you back with John right after this. Don't go away. This is the Town Square, New Jersey Info and Weather Network. And this is Harry Hurley with three stories you can follow right now on the WPG Talk Radio 95.5 app. Is it Elvis? Is it Old Blue Eyes, the chairman of the bad, chairman of the board, Frank Sinatra, or is it Michael Jackson? One of them is all-time number one in terms of physical record sales. I'm talking vinyl records, the real music. See who it is. Read my article. Ocean City, New Jersey. We did a piece. It's just a wonderful town. Their spring events calendar is out. And I report on some of the finest. From the Town Square, New Jersey Info and Weather Network, I'm Chief Meteorologist Dan Zarrow. One more day of nice weather today before things turn not so nice tomorrow. Mostly to partly sunny skies across South Jersey today with a pleasant high temperature of 52. Clouds will increase tonight. It'll be cool and dry, low 31. Tomorrow, a mostly cloudy morning, high 47. Rain arrives in the afternoon, becoming steadier and heavier at night. That storm system will wrap up by midday Saturday. Get weather 24-7 wherever you are. Download our free mobile app today. Democrats just want to win early in the morning. WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450 AM. Listen for the morning edition of the O'Reilly Update with Bill O'Reilly at 1015 this morning. Now, Harry Hurley on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. We return with Smart Law with John Zarek. Counselor, time is yours. Yes, Harry. Um... A, a statement that was made by uh, Speaker McCarthy recently, and he's actually been making the statement for months, uh, a good while, I think, to keep the uh, members of Congress, the very, the small minority, small minority of members of Congress who are anti-Ukraine funding, uh, to keep them happy. And of course, McCarthy's job is to keep everybody happy as well as he can and keep the unit together to be able to function in a um, cohesive way when an important matter is on the agenda. So an important vote comes up. So he says um, repeatedly, uh, and I've heard him say it a hundred times and you have too, uh, we're not going to give a blank check to Ukraine. We're, we're, we're no longer going to give a blank check to Ukraine. Um, let me tell you, Harry, there's never been a blank check for Ukraine. Every one of these authorizations are if there were a blank check for Ukraine, then the war would be over yeah, right now. I knew you were going to say, you know, that. Ukraine, Ukraine would have F-16s. They'd have uh, Apache helicopters. They'd have, um, you know, mobile, um, mobile uh, self-propelled uh guns, howitzers, and so forth. They'd have Leopard tanks. They'd have Abrams tanks. Um, they would have every single thing they want. And uh, they don't have that. You know, so there's never been a blank check. There's never been a blank check. And I think Speaker McCarthy, I, you know, I support him. 
Uh, I am a Republican. I like what he, I like 90% of, 95% of what he and um, the conservative group of Republicans who um, support Ukraine and, and the, con- the conservatives who don't support Ukraine, like 95% of what they say, um, so much preferable to the out-of-control, um, woke, left-wing, you know, fools that are have really run our country into the ground the last two years. It's terrible. You couldn't have, if you gave China and Russia and said, you know, free claim, free... Um, uh, sway and told told them you can you can do anything you want, uh, pass any law you want, change policy you want. They couldn't have done a better job of ruining the country. <laughs> you know, it's true. They couldn't have done a better job. <clears throat> and so, I support ninety ninety five percent of of everything that Speaker McCarthy and um, those other anti Ukraine Republicans say. But I don't. But they're very very mistaken. And I think it helps to be in the country to see this, to see how the people operate, to see what's really going on, to see how the Russians operate. They're very mistaken about this um, anti-Ukraine funding. Um, the, the, the anti-Ukraine funding uh, move would lead to utter disaster, total disaster. This is not Iraq where it's a third, not a second-rate country. A third-rate country is Iraq, right, um, where that was the enemy. And, yeah, it, it was foolish to sink millions and millions and millions and trillions of dollars into Iraq trying to redo them into a Western-type country. You know, foolish. Yeah. Big mistake. Libya, all the money spent in Libya and the engagement in Libya um, – Syria, when we weren't following through on on our commitments, um, uh, you know, Obama drew a line in the sand and, you know, the Russians crossed it. And Obama said, OK, <laughs> no, no response whatsoever. <laughs> true. So, you know, um, so this isn't like dealing with Libya or Iraq or Afghanistan, where the enemy are a bunch of people up in the hills. Good fighters. You know, obviously good enough to um, hold the the United States at bay for a long, long time and and ultimately take the country back over. We're not dealing with that. We're dealing with a major power. I, I hate to say a superpower, except that they have nuclear weapons, but they're a major power and they are expansive and they are vicious and they love. Um, if you if you track the language uh, of and I'm sure someone's done it. I haven't read the piece, but I'm sure someone's done it by now. If you track the statements of Adolf Hitler from the beginning of the war to the end of the war, and then you you track the same statements um, made by Putin, it's they're identical. The same ideas, the same justifications. The same blame, the same resentment to the West, of the West, you know, that's what you're dealing with. You're dealing with a superpower, a, a major power who has lots of resources, has nuclear weapons, and they're voracious. Russians love to conquer. 
that's their big thing. They love to conquer. They love to take control of other countries. They like to annex other countries, which they've done repeatedly in history. You know, that's, that's their thing. So this is not, if you don't fund Ukraine, they'll take Ukraine. Very simple. You know, there's no two ways about it. They will take over Ukraine. And, you know, Europe is paying a lot of money. They, you know, would say, oh, Europe's not paying any money. They, they, Germany alone spent $12.5 billion, $12.5 billion just on humanitarian assistance, you know, besides weapons. So um, nobody has a blank check. No country in NATO has a blank check. The United States hasn't given um, President Zelensky a, a blank check. But, you know, but with what they've been given so far, man, have they have they done the job? Admirable, admirable job. I mean, to stand up to a major power who was well equipped when Ukraine, remember, Obama, when when there was an invasion in 18 um, in um, 2014, when Obama invaded the uh, the Donbass and invaded the uh, Crimea, uh, Obama wouldn't send any weapons at all. It made it prompted no weapons. He sent blankets and he sent MREs, which are military meals packaged. Um, pathetic. And and John McCain at that point. The first time he ever said it, he said in 2015, he said, I, for the first time in my life, I'm ashamed of my country. Yeah. Not even to give the Ukrainians weapons, rifles to fight with. And um, so that's what. Yeah, remember, what did they send them, John? They sent them blankets. Yeah. It's unbearable. I mean, it's incredible. They needed so much and they got blankets. From Obama, Biden, pretty scary stuff. Uh, 44 minutes past the hour. Back in just a few. Don't go away. Stay close. Always listenable. Always interesting. John Zarek continues Smart Law with John Zarek. Coming up in the first half of the next hour, Deborah Hart Lung Center presents Dr. Michael Biloff. Uh, very important topic that you're going to want to listen to, especially if you've ever considered bariatric surgery. That is what... Uh, Dr. Biloff does. He's a bariatric surgeon, and that is the topic in the uh, upcoming episode of Deborah Hart Lung Center Presents right after John. With John Zarek, I am Hurley in the Morning. This is WPG Talk Radio 95.5 because of you. South Jersey's number one news talk radio station. If you love South Jersey's talk station, then the WPG Talk Radio app is a must-have on your phone. Listen to all your favorite talk shows around the clock and instantly call them with just the tap of your finger. Text the WPG Talk Radio studio. Send us your pictures and videos of breaking news and more. It's the WPG Talk Radio app, a free download from South Jersey's talk station. WPG Talk Radio. 95.5 from the world's playground this is hurley in the morning on wpg talk radio 95.5 with john zarek presenting smart law with john zarek more than nine minutes left before the top of the hour let's make it count counselor time is yours yes harry so uh 
some of the arguments that are put forth by the anti-Ukraine funding uh, crew are, you know, that there's a blank check. Absolutely, as I explained before, there's not a blank check uh, or the word be over right now. Um, every every one of these uh, every one of these appropriations, every one of these uh, uh, grants, I guess you'd say, of goods. Uh, from Europe and from uh, from the European countries and from the United States are very carefully scrutinized, argued about, um, planned out, and fought over every time. I mean, there are there are there are always opposition people. There are always people that have to be pleased. There are all, all, always there's a coalition to hold together. This is a NATO activity. This is not individual United States. So. You know, you can trust that there's no blank check and hasn't been a blank check. Um, in, in addition, when you have um, another criticism is, well, Ukraine is corrupt. You know, again, nonsense. They, there is, I, I saw no evidence in the country, and I dealt with people that were, you know, on the ground fighting. I dealt with people that were um, working and owning businesses and doing jobs and working on farms. And I dealt with people that were on a higher level than that. Uh, there, there is, there are people that will do bad things in any country. Look at the United States. Look at the number of prosecutions. Go to the Go to the docket of the Southern District of New York Federal uh, District um, and look at just the white-collar crimes that are on that docket. Um, you know, a, a, a good friend, Bob Turkavage, who is, you know, really just a wonderful guy, career uh, FBI. You've had, you've had him on the show. Or yep. You've had him call in. Many times. Um you know, there's not a better guy around. He was the supervisor of the white-collar crime operation in the Southern District of New York FBI office. And believe me, you know, he racked up defendants. He and his crew racked up defendants for the entire time he was there. They're, they have a full plate. There's plenty of uh, – there are plenty of people in the United States who are willing to – commit fraud and commit corruption and bribe and everything else. And there are in, you know, France and Germany and England and Israel. And, you know, look at the headlines. They all have very, very, very robust uh, prosecution units. So, of course, there are some people in Ukraine uh, as who will commit a crime. And that's but the but the country is not a corrupt country. It's a solid, honest, hardworking, patriotic, um, skilled, and smart country. John, I think what some people get mixed up about, even some smart people, it seems, they look at Ukraine when the former Ukrainian president left with a lot of money, left with a flight, and and I don't know where that person is at, at this time. Zelensky got offered, this is by people I know, uh, a lot of money and safe passage to somewhere very, very nice to live opulently for the rest of his life. 
Uh, what was Zelensky's uh, response to that, John? You know the answer to what he said. I don't. I don't want to ride. I want bullets. Yes, that's I mean, what he said. So what do you say to, to that? I mean, there, there's a guy that's risking dying. He, if he was in this, I mean, I think people are just mixed up uh, between something they thought they knew in the past and what's actually going on now. And oh, by the way, John, if if those that say this, and and some of them say it with a pretty loud and proud megaphone, if they got what they wanted and Russia won, because if you don't support Ukraine, then there's a good chance Russia can win. If we support Ukraine, I think it's it's odds. The odds are great that Ukraine will win. But if Russia wins, they've already announced they go on to Poland. Then instead of being being in a proxy war, which I think we can manage well, we would be in World War Three. So how could they be right? They can't be right. They're not right. And and it's going to cost them. Look, I'm a Republican. I want the Republican Party to do well. I want conservative Republicans to do especially well. Um, and, you know, the people who are saying the anti-Ukraine uh, chant, it it's going to cost them dearly because Americans know what's right and what's wrong. And again, we're not dealing with minor countries or tribes in the Middle East, which is where we've made a number of mistakes by going all in in kind of a stupid situation against people that really couldn't threaten outside of their outside of their geographical sphere. Right. Mm -hmm. We're dealing with Russia. You know, they are you know, they've got what, 7000 nukes. They've got an army. They've got a big society, a lot of land mass. There's a lot of damage they could do worldwide, and they've shown that they're going to do that every time. And I don't want, you know, I don't want Republicans, and unless they change their tune, unless they stop this, I, I, I believe that I believe that uh, Ukraine is going to take back Crimea in September or October uh, with these new weapons that are coming online. That's all they need. And they're going to win this war. And the people that um, are opposed to the funding are really going to get hurt very badly. They're not going to look very smart. They're not going to look very patriotic. They're going to be on the wrong side of history. And um, I'll mention it. Uh, you know, our Congressman Jeff Van Drew, I've heard him say this anti-Ukraine um, chant over and over. And I know why. I know he's he, you know, has good company. He has friends that are good, solid, strong Republicans. And one says this, and then another says this, and all of a sudden, it's what the crowd says. But it's going to hurt him severely in the next election um, if he doesn't change his tune on this. If he doesn't change his position, and it's going to hurt. Um, a lot of other Republicans, and it could cost us the presidency in 2024 if we don't get behind basically the rest of the country. You know, it's a small minority position to oppose funding in Ukraine, a small minority position. John, do me a favor. It's only a minute and a half. You know what? There's not really time to do justice to this. Next time out, I'll give you the closing minute. Next time out, I want to address it's about 50 to 46 right now in the country in two different polls that I've seen that number seems to be holding that say 
fund for as long as it takes. And the other 46% say fund for a limited amount of time. Let's talk about that when we actually have time. About 45 seconds, John. Closing comment. Yeah, Harry, that's that, that those polls, you never get more. You never get far away from 50-50 in any matter, in any situation. That's true. Um, in any situation. So the fact is 50-46, it's not really important. Uh, the fact is the legislators of the, of the country and the people of the country hate Russia and love and admire Ukraine's stand. And they want Ukraine to win. We got to want them to win. I mean, guy, anybody ever I've done I've had arguments about this. How can we not? We have to want them to win. Uh, that's another episode of Smart Law with John Zarek. John, thank you. Thank you so much, Harry. You know it, my friend. We'll be right back. Dr. Biloff from Deborah Hart Lung Center. Bariatric surgery next. Atlantic City, WENJHD3, Millville, a town square media station. Everything you need to know in six minutes starts now. From Harry Hurley Way in the world's playground to the broadcast pioneers of Philadelphia Hall of Fame. I want to congratulate my friend, Harry Hurley. You're about to find out why Harry Hurley has been named to the Talkers Magazine list of the 100 most important talk show hosts in the nation. Live from the studios of Town Square Media in Northfield, it's Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio 95. Thank you so much. Welcome back. Six minutes past the hour. And this is the program literally that you have said on air has saved lives because it has. It's Deborah Hart Lung Center presents today. Very skilled surgeon, Dr. Michael Biloff, a bariatric surgeon. And that is the topic. So we'll, we won't bury the lead. We'll give it right up front. That's the topic. This half hour on Deborah Hart Lung Center presents. Let me just tell you a little bit about Dr. Biloff. Very impressive uh, man. Board certified, general surgery, specialty training, robotic surgical techniques, Newark Beth Israel Medical Center, Newark, New Jersey, residency, internal medicine, North Shore University Hospital, Manhasset, New York, general surgery, chief resident, St. Barnabas Medical Center in Livingston, New Jersey, and uh, really a great doctor and a wonderful guest that we have visited with before, so let's get right into it. Dr. Biloff, welcome back, sir. Thank you, Harry. Good morning. How are it, you? It, it's great to be with you and doing great. Uh, let's get right into it. What is bariatric surgery? Yeah, so uh, bariatric surgery is essentially weight loss surgery. Um, I think the word actually derives from some underlying Greek word, which I honestly don't recall at the moment, but it basically means weight loss surgery. Um, so surgery that's done with various procedures, as I'm sure we'll get into, but uh, procedures that are done for the goal of weight loss, but but more broadly, um, improving the patient's overall health, uh, which comes as a result of that weight loss. Now we know there are folks listening right now that say, "Oh, I got to lose a certain amount of weight," and then you would meet with them and you might say, "Yeah, hey, I think you can do it in the gym. I think you can do it by diet. I think you can do it by combination diet and exercise and so on." So then they might be an accidental tourist and not. A candidate for bariatric surgery. Who are who is a candidate for bariatric surgery? Yeah, so it, it's actually a pretty straightforward uh, criteria that may not be obvious to the sort of general public, but it's uh, it's based on something called BMI, Body Mass Index, which is a very straightforward um, ratio of height to weight. So if you go to you know our website, just go to Google, type in BMI calculator. It'll take you to any number of websites where you just basically put in your height and weight, and it tells you your BMI. 
Um, and essentially, if the BMI, if the patient's BMI is over 40, then they are a candidate for weight loss surgery. Uh, if the BMI is less than 35, then they're not a candidate for weight loss surgery for the most part. And then between 35 and 40 is a bit of a gray zone uh, where it kind of depends on the specifics of the, of the situation, you know, the patient's medical situation. Uh, roughly speaking, though, a BMI of 40 means the patient is about 100 pounds above what's ideal for their height. Uh, so, yeah, this isn't, you know, th- this isn't something, you know, I need to lose 20 pounds for my high school reunion next year. I, I'm going to go do surgery. No, that, this is, you know, a significant uh, amount of weight above what's ideal for the height, generally associated with medical problems. Now, there are cases where weight loss surgery is not a good choice, so it's not a choice for everyone who is overweight or obese. That is what I know, but I don't know why that is, but that's why you're here. You do know why that is. What's the reason? Well, so one would be just they're not a candidate based on the BMI criteria that I just mentioned. But assuming that they are, you know, assuming that the BMI is over 40, I would argue that most of those people are candidates for weight loss surgery. Now, what are the exceptions? Well, uh, I mean, all patients need to be cleared by a psychologist or a psychiatrist to make sure there's not an underlying eating disorder. So that would be one reason that would be, um, you know, kind of exclude someone from the surgery. And the other things would just be more medical conditions that, that, you know, where surgery would be too high risk. So if they have really bad heart disease or really bad lung disease or some other medical problem that, you know, would render them a very high-risk candidate for any surgery. I mean, it has nothing to do with bariatric surgery, but just their risk um, of surgery itself is just uh, too high to justify an operation. Um, you know, and honestly, most if your if your BMI is over forty and you have even an inkling that this is something you might want to consider, probably your best bet is to come in and be evaluated. We you know we can very easily kind of figure out if someone's truly a candidate based on medical criteria. Um, and for the most part, most people who come in are actually you know they they are candidates for surgery, and then it's just a matter of whether or not they want to pursue it or not. The program is Deborah Heart and Lung Center presents, and we visit typically, it moves a little bit, but many, many times, the very first Thursday of every month. Sometimes we move it to the second, but you always have plenty of advance notice to our listeners on that subject. And it's in the first half of the nine o'clock hour always. And the wonderful guests from Deborah Heart and Lung Center, like Dr. Michael Biloff, that do such a great job uh, with patients, uh, is our guest this half hour in this episode, which the topic is bariatric surgery. And obviously, Dr. Michael Biloff is a bariatric surgeon. So we have the right man at the right time at the right place. This, I think, is going to be of great interest uh, to folks because I think sometimes people hear certain procedures and things. But what are the different surgeries that can be done? Yeah, so at this, it's, things have sort of evolved um, over the last, you know, I've been doing bariatric surgery now for 20 years, and things have really evolved over those last 20 years. So back when I started in 2003, uh, the surgery that was done most commonly, and most folks will have heard of this, is called a gastric bypass. Um, and around 2010, 2012, things began to shift away from that procedure to a uh, surgery called a gastric sleeve. So if anyone's done any kind of research in this space or in this field, they probably have heard of that um, term. And if they know someone's had the surgery, the likelihood is that's what they probably had. So that's the thing we do most commonly, uh, the gastric sleeve. There are other, we still do the gastric bypass, although much less frequently. 
Um, and then there are some other procedures that are sort of, we'll call them you know, very specific for targeted uh, patients with you know, very specific medical issues. But for the most part, those are the two big uh, procedures that we do. I would just mention, um, some folks may have heard of the thing called the gastric band. Um, we do not really, I personally don't, I haven't done a band in well over 10 years, and I don't really know anyone who's still doing them. It's uh, kind of been a discredited procedure at this point, so very few people are doing them. And I would also mention uh, there's a procedure called the gastric balloon, uh, which some folks may have heard of if they've done some research. Um, and that's a procedure, I guess I would just mention, insurance doesn't really cover it, so it's not really a, a very widely used procedure. So at this point, it's essentially the uh, the bypass and the sleeve. I was going to mention that. Was it also called like lap band for some reason? And I haven't correct. even thought of that term for, like you said, more than right. a decade. And if I'm correct, but correct me if I'm wrong, that band would go around so the, the stomach was the same size, but the band would basically only have a portion, a smaller portion of the stomach so that when you would eat, you would feel full. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. Didn't people defeat that by overeating? And then that could that could wind up with some very bad outcomes, right? If that bursts or breaks or whatever. So was that what the band was? It was almost like I don't want to call it a trick. But it was it made the stomach appear to be smaller, correct? So you got fuller quicker. Yes, you got fuller quicker. I mean, the way I described it to patients back when I was doing it as a, a just picture an hourglass. You know, there's a narrow point in the middle of the hourglass that kind of you know creates a it's not an obstruction, but an area of, of very slow flow. Uh, and essentially, that's what the band did. It created an hourglass effect at the very top part of your stomach, uh, and so it. it induced a, a feeling of satiety, a feeling of feeling full very quickly. Um, as a practical matter, it was rather easy to kind of out-eat, so <laughs> to speak, the band, uh, and very few patients were successful. So, I mean, <clears throat> in my own career, I put in you know several hundred, maybe even a thousand of those bands back in the day when I was doing them frequently. I've taken out probably 80% of the bands I ever put in, either because they didn't work or there was some technical failure. So the number of patients that it really worked for was maybe 15 to 10, between 10 and 15%. So it, you know, it's hard to justify doing a procedure which has a, you know, only a 10 to 15% success rate. So we've really moved away from that procedure at this point. And again, personally, I haven't done one in many, many years. Great information. We're going to come right back. We take only one break during Deborah Hart Lung Center presents, and today it's Dr. Michael Biloff, and the topic is bar- bariatric surgery. Deborah Hart Lung Center, they are accepting new patients. Uh, two ways to navigate. It's, it's your choice. Some people love to speak to someone, and I understand that fully. Some people love to go the digital route. So if you go to demanddeborah.org, we'll start there, and you'll see the hyperlink. You can't miss it. You'll click on that, and you can make an appointment uh, via the website. And it's extremely easy to navigate and and very well set up. So you can do that or you can call 609-293-2785, 609-293-2785. Deborah Heart and Lung Center presents Dr. Michael Biloff. We will be back in just a few minutes with Dr. Biloff. I am respectfully yours. Early in the morning, WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450 AM. WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450 AM. 
South Jersey's number one talk station. Only and all because of you. Thank you for that. We can't thank you enough, but I'll try. Dr. Michael Biloff, who we love to visit with, uh, is talking bariatric surgery. You know, I'm going to throw a wild card question out to you that we we didn't show prep on uh, because I think it's an important one. And it just came to me right now. For the right candidate, bariatric surgery is obviously life-changing. It might be somebody would not be able to be mobile, couldn't do simple things, couldn't get around one flight of steps, and you you feel like you're going to collapse or need oxygen. This can be, Dr. Biloff, incredibly life-changing, can it? Not to mention extend your lifetime. Yeah, uh, that's that's absolutely right, Harry. Both the quality and the quantity of life is the way you describe the patient. So just imagine for a moment that today someone put a 100-pound pack on your back and told you to start walking around. How long would it be before your back hurt, your knee hurt, your hip hurt, before you weren't, before you were exhausted? Well, you know, every one of my patients is basically doing that, right? So as I mentioned before, if your BMI is 40, then you're approximately 100 pounds above what's ideal for the height, for, for your height. Uh, and so every one of my patients, if your BMI is 45 or 50, it's even more. And so every one of my patients basically is carrying around that 100 to 150 pound pack. And, you know, so obviously that hurts and causes them, their joints to hurt and cause them to be tired. So that comes off over the course of a year after the surgery. So they feel much better, just kind of subjectively have more energy, you know, and that, and that sort of thing. And uh, also a nice side effect is their, you know, a lot of their medical problems get better, the blood pressure, the sleep apnea, the diabetes, and all of that adds up to a life extending, you know, quantity of life uh, advantage as well. So important. You mentioned earlier in your program, Dr. Billoff, gastric bypass. You mentioned gastric sleeve. You mentioned but discounted gastric balloon. Uh, so that's what they are, these different surgeries. How does bariatric surgery actually work? Yeah, so all of these, uh, and actually there is a third procedure that we do kind of very, uh, you know, not quite as commonly, it's called the duodenal switch. But all of these surgeries basically work essentially in two ways. They they restrict the amount of food a person can eat, so we make the stomach smaller in some way, <clears throat> excuse me, and they will have a sort of, I'm going to describe it as sort of a chemical kind of hormonal effect that frankly we're not exactly sure how it occurs, but there's a very profound sort of lack of appetite that occurs after this surgery. And that combined with the stomach being made smaller really is the main two mechanisms by which the weight loss occurs. I guess, the one thing I would mention, like a you know, caveat to that, is that it, at some point the appetite will come back. So what we'll call it that hormonal lack of appetite effect doesn't last for a person's whole life. Uh, but it's not just a couple weeks or even a couple months. It typically is a year, maybe maybe two, year and a half, two. Um, and that's basically the, the time frame where the weight loss occurs. Uh, once that appetite comes back, again, which it will, um, usually the weight loss will stop. Now, the stomach is still small, uh, and there's other effects still going on, but, but so that will that continues to restrict you know the amount of food a patient can eat, and so that's how the weight loss can be maintained. So those are the two main effects that these surgeries have. I've never heard that said so well before now. Dr. Biloff, yeah, I know you're not going to mind this um, question because I know you. Is bariatric surgery safe? Oh, yes, yes, absolutely. So, I mean, like, for instance, I've mentioned in my 
my case, I've been doing this for 20 years. Most bariatric surgeons that are out there now are either been in practice many years or have very specialized training, <clears throat> you know, fellowship kind of post uh, graduate training in that in this field. Uh, I mean, I would mention anyone who's listening and considering going uh, to a bariatric surgeon or having bariatric surgery, you want to go to someone who is doing at least, like in my case, is the only surgery I do, but you want to go to someone who's doing at least half of their practice is bariatric surgery, so you definitely want someone who's specialized. Uh, assuming that that's the case, it's a very safe procedure. I mean, the way I'll usually describe it to a patient is it's it's no more risky than having your gallbladder taken out oh, wow. or hip replacement surgery, yeah. So it's it's very safe in, in experienced hands, yes. Very that put, yeah, that put that in great context. Uh, and Deborah Heart Lung Center is accepting new patients. You can either go to the website, yes. demanddeborah.org, or you can call 609-836-6607. That's 609-836-6607 to schedule an appointment. You mentioned that I didn't know this. I never heard someone say it so well. I didn't know about this one, one and a half to two year sort of appetite suppression thing. And that's my words, yeah. not yours, but it sort of was what you said. Um, I never, never heard that before. So that's the window, the, 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 the full window. How quickly can someone expect to start losing weight? Right. So the, there's, um, and I tell, typically tell patients the first month, uh, the first 30 days after surgery, most patients will lose around 10% of their starting weight. So someone starts at, say, 300 pounds, they'll probably lose around 30 pounds in the first month. So that's a very dramatic kind of start, you know, to the process. After that, it will it, it will start to vary depending on how much a patient weighs. Um, so if someone starts out around 400 pounds, they'll lose 40 pounds in the first month. And then after that, it's, it's typically, depending on where they are, somewhere between, you know, six to eight pounds to 14 to 16 pounds, depending on where they are. Um, our goal, the overall weight loss, so that's the kind of the trajectory, how quickly they lose the weight. At the end of that process, at the end of the year, you know, 15 months when the appetite comes back, our goal is to get everyone to a BMI of 30. Uh, so as I mentioned before, you know, patients that even have surgery have to have a BMI of 40 or higher, and the goal is to make sure they get down to at least the BMI of 30. So again, anyone who's listening can go to that, you know, the, the you know, internet search engine and type in BMI calculator and just kind of put in different weights for their height, and they can see what their what a BMI of 30 is for them. Um, some people actually do better. Some people get down to a BMI of you know twenty five or twenty six. But the goal, kind of my goal as the doctor, is to get everyone to a BMI of thirty. Very realistic. How how does yeah. bariatric surgery? Um, what does it do in terms of someone that has diabetes, high blood pressure, sleep apnea, things like that? That that their weight could very well have been the reason they have these things. Yeah, so that was um, what I mentioned before about both the quantity of life and the quality of life. So it will just help you live longer. That's been very well established now with, you know, kind of multiple studies. Patients live longer after bariatric surgery. And that the main reason for that is the things you just mentioned. So their diabetes gets better. Um, their sleep apnea gets better. Their high blood pressure gets better. And all of those things, you know, translate into a longer life, essentially. Um, can they, in some, doctor, can, they, can they in some sure. cases actually get to the point where it wouldn't register that you are diabetic, that you wouldn't have high blood pressure that could be gone and that you don't have sleep apnea? Can it, can it actually end those things? 
Yeah, um, that's a good question, Harry. So the answer is the short answer is yes. The longer answer is it somewhat depends. So for sleep apnea, most patients who come to my office with sleep apnea, I would say I tell the patients ninety percent chance your sleep apnea is gone after a year. With high blood pressure, I tell patients it's sort of a 50-50 proposition. So high blood pressure is one of those diseases that, yes, your weight contributes, but there's also a fairly large genetic slash family history component. Um, You know, there are plenty of people who are of normal weight who have high blood pressure, and clearly in that case, it's just their genetics and family history, not really their weight. So for our patients who are overweight, Clearly, that aspect gets better, but if there's any residual risk just based on their genetics and family history, they may still have high blood pressure, although generally much better controlled on less medicine. And then diabetes is also most patients get better. Um, A fair number actually are completely non-diabetic. That is no medicines, just a normal blood sugar, don't have to check their blood sugars. Um, some patients still have some residual diabetes. It kind of depends on how bad the diabetes was going into the surgery. So if someone is you know, taking very large doses of insulin, for instance, and they've been diabetic for more than 10 years, uh, I think it'd be an, a bit of an over-promise to say your diabetes will completely go away. It will certainly get better. There's a very good chance you're off insulin, but you're probably still going to be on a pill or two. Um, but to be, So you're on much less medicine with much better control of your diabetes. If someone's only taking a pill and has never been on insulin and has been diabetic less than five years, there's a very good chance their diabetes will just completely go away after the surgery. Very important narrative with Dr. Michael Biloff. Deborah Hart Lung Center is presenting Dr. Biloff. The topic is bariatric surgery and Deborah Hart Lung Center, they are accepting new patients. You can either go on the website demanddeborah.org or you can call 609-836-6607 to uh, inquire and to make an appointment, 609-836-6607. This, I also think, is an important focus of your program today, Dr. Biloff, and that is, are there risks for women in getting pregnant after bariatric surgery? Yeah, that, that's actually, that one's pretty easy to answer. The, basically, the answer is no. Um, now, obviously, you don't want to get pregnant during the weight loss phase, so you want to wait until your weight has sort of stabilized, which, as I mentioned before, will be about 12 to 18 months after surgery. But once you've reached that point and your weight's kind of stable, there's really no additional risk. In fact, actually, I would argue that pregnancy is safer at that point because you're closer to an ideal body weight. And, you know, getting pregnant when your BMI is over 40 has its own set of risks, right? That that makes you a high-risk pregnancy patient just based on having a BMI over 40. Once the BMI gets down at that 25 to 30 range, which I mentioned is our goal, pregnancy is a much safer proposition. So the only risk is don't get pregnant during the weight loss phase. But once you're stable and your weight's, you know, kind of at a nice steady state, it's fine. This, I do want to yeah, mention one, please. Uh, one thing, no, Harry. Just no. go back to the yeah. diabetes thing for a second. Yeah. Um, one, one, sometimes patients will say, well, I, you know, my diabetes bill, you know, it's not that bad. Why do I need to do something, quote, so drastic as as weight loss surgery? And, you know, there's some, uh, there's some rationale there. My only 
argue, my only kind of response to that is if your diabetes gets worse and you do get to the point where you're on insulin, our, our window to kind of cure it, so to speak, has, has diminished significantly. So if you're going to do something, you know, your chance to kind of cure it is in the earlier stages before it gets really bad. Once it's reached the point where you're taking insulin and uh, the chance that you're actually going to cure it is, has probably closed and, you know, you're still going to, even with surgery, you'll probably still be diabetic, although much better controlled. So there's an argument to be made that you want to do it sooner rather than later if, if that's something you're interested in doing. If, you know, if you've seen a parent, you know, an uncle go through diabetes and what that does to the body after, you know, 10 or 15 years and you're interested and you say, I don't want that to happen to me, you would be better off doing it sooner rather than later. If I, important follow-up, if I didn't look at the clock, I wouldn't believe that we're in the two-minute drill. I think this also was something that um, you touched on some of it, but, and I, obviously I know it matters if someone was 300 pounds or 400 pounds. How much weight can someone lose? This is going to sound interesting. Can they lose too much weight, uh, which is the exact, exact opposite of the problem they had going in? And I think this also is something that people wonder if they've lost a lot of weight, 100 pounds, 200 pounds, whatever it could be. Will they have excess skin? And what do you do about that? Yeah, so the excess skin issue is obviously individual. Some people will, some people won't. It, it somewhat depends on your age, right? So if you lose 100 pounds in your 60s, you're probably going to have excess skin just because in our 60s, our skin is not as elastic as it is in our 20s. <laughs> Sorry for the bad news there. Um, so it's a function. It's mostly related to how much weight do you lose and how old were you when you lost it. So, you know, someone in their 20s probably won't have a lot of excess skin. Someone in their 60s almost certainly will. And, you know, in between, it just kind of depends. You know, how much weight did you lose and, and just your genetics, how elastic is your skin. Uh, that's mostly a cosmetic issue, not a medical issue. And if you really do have excess skin, the only way to really fix that is to have plastic surgery, which is not what I do, but we can certainly refer you to someone who does. Final uh, half. Other question, go ahead. Uh, go ahead, please. Uh, go. Yeah, the issue of can you lose too much weight? Uh, I mean, yeah, it's possible. Again, as a guy who's been doing this for 20 years, I can count on my two hands the number of patients who truly lost too much weight. So while it's theoretically a possible problem, it's something I see maybe once every two years. Rare exception. So it's not very rare, very rare, yeah. I know we're going to get you out on time, but I want to ask you this real quick because I think people want to know this too. Dr. Biloff, what is the recovery time after bariatric surgery? Yeah, so it's, we do the surgery laparoscopically, which means very small incisions. So the recovery is pretty rapid. You're in the hospital one night, and if everything looks good the next day, you'll go home. Uh, and I usually tell patients, if you're working, I'll tell you that you'll need to take off two weeks. Honestly, probably 30% of patients go back to work after one week, but I always tell patients plan on two. Uh, very rarely does someone need a third week, but that, I mean, it does happen a couple times a year. But basically, it's one night in the hospital and two-week recovery at home. Dr. Biloff, always an honor to present you. Have a great day. Thanks, Harry. Thank you, sir. We will be right back. A reminder, Deborah Heart Lung Center is accepting new patients. You can either go on the website, demanddeborah.org, or call 609-836-6607. That's 609-836-6607. You can already tell you're going to love Dr. Biloff. I mean, the the professionalism, the skill sets, I mean, just just elite masterclass, um, who I would go to. That's all I can tell you is that's where I would go 
if I needed this. That's how much faith I have. That's another episode of Deborah Hart Lung Center Presents. Dr. Michael Biloff will be right back. Your turn to play next. But I do want to share with you something that I shared during the commercial break with a friend of mine, uh, and that is technology and how literally in real time it's changing the way that we do certain things. We'll talk about that briefly next and then take more of your calls. Life is hectic here in South Jersey, but one thing you don't have to worry about is missing the information you need while you're running around doing a zillion things. That's why WPG Talk Radio 95.5 brings you everything you need to know in six minutes at the top of every hour. National headlines from Fox News Radio, South Jersey News, and your local AccuWeather forecast all in six minutes. WPG Talk Radio 95.5. When you need to know, it's WPG Talk Radio 95.5. We are back. It's early in the morning, 41 minutes past the hour. It's my pleasure to welcome back to the program the executive director of the Republican Party of New Jersey. There's a huge uh, gathering this weekend in Atlantic City. I'm familiar with it. Uh, it's it's really uh, an amazing event that they have over a couple of days and Tom Zemanski joins us now. How are you, Tom? Good morning, Harry. Great to be back on. How are you, sir? I'm well. And uh, give us the lowdown. What's going to be happening this weekend in the world's playground? Well, we're so excited to be coming back to uh, Atlantic City for our sixth annual NJGOP statewide summit. And for the last five years, this will be our sixth year. This is our unofficial kickoff to the campaign season. And we get folks from all corners of the state and all corners of the party, whether it's uh, demographically speaking, ideologically speaking, because we are a big tent party. The Democrats don't like to think we are, but we bring in everyone uh, from around the state to get trained, uh, get empowered and get educated for what's on the docket in this year's elections. And I got to tell you, this year, we have a chance to stop Phil Murphy's governorship and his fledgling presidential bid in its tracks by electing a Republican majority to the state legislature. And we got halfway there with all the seats we picked up in 2021. And for the first time in 20 plus years, we could have a Republican majority in Trenton this year. So we're going to be hearing from our legislative leaders. Kellyanne Conway's heading a, a cocktail party Friday night. Of course, uh, Assemblyman Guardian, Assemblywoman Swift, Senator Testa, uh, uh, Assemblyman uh, McClellan, Senator Durr. All of the South Jersey faces will be there. And, of course, uh, you as well, Harry. You're going to be doing a a panel with us on Saturday with some other conservative uh, media personalities. We can't wait. Tom, I'm looking forward to it so much. And one of the things I remember saying this last year during the panel discussion, and unfortunately it happened to us again, and we've got to stop this. And I was very happy with what President Trump said uh, a week ago this Saturday when he talked about the fact that we have to do the same thing, only better, that the Democrats are doing uh, legal ballot harvesting. I know that's not a Republican uh, knee jerk you know, thing that Republicans do around the country, but they're getting beat in some cases, races in many cases that they should win, but they're getting beat. By ballot harvesting, in some cases, they're being beat by some of the change in voter, you know, rules and things like that. Getting beat in early voting, uh, getting beat in the vote by mail. We've got to fill all that in uh, 
because, I mean, I've said it in, in to his face when he's been in the crowd at, at a speech that I gave a couple of weeks ago at a big event in Atlantic City with Don Purdy in the Atlantic County GOP with Senator Palestina and all of the um, uh, Congressman Van Drew at all. It was an amazing event. And I said that Jack Cittarelli should already be governor of New Jersey. He won on Election Day, uh, but he lost on vote by mail early voting and i'm sure ballot harvesting that went on that's that's the only the only reason he's not governor right now tom Uh, you bring up a very good point harry i want to touch on a couple of things because at this summit which by the way it runs from 10 30 a.m tomorrow to 2 p.m saturday at harris uh the waterfront conference center um more details on that in a second but i want to speak to your point just now, we actually have um, a panel and a training. Um, so the panel is more of a broad line, a broad top line discussion on the issue. And the training is a little more uh, getting folks tactically equipped on how to do it. Um, but we have a panel and a training on vote by mail and early voting. Uh, and there's two tracks on that. Number one, how do we scrutinize the process and make sure that Democrats are not bending the rules? We tell folks exactly what to do, exactly what to look for how to prevent it from happening, and how to alert us and our team of lawyers if they see something that's uh, amiss. But also, we're, te- we're teaching folks how to do vote-by-mail and early voting better, because Democrats, why Democrats do so well with this is ballot harvesting is a part of it in some places, sure, uh, but they do a good job of taking their voters who maybe miss two or three out of every four elections. Yep. And they get them ballots, and yep. they get them to vote Correct. in low turnout off years. There you and go. We do not do a good enough job of that. So we're going to uh, fight back this year. We've got a great plan on the table for doing that. And folks need to know that it is a safe and secure process when, this, when the proper channels and safeguards are in place. And we want to separate fact from fiction on this issue. And, and we're also having a panel on election integrity as well with some of the top election law attorneys um, in the state. And easier to vote, harder to cheat is our motto. Yeah, I love that. That That is the truth right there. But, you know, it's a crying shame. You run a whole campaign. You run a winning campaign. You win Election Day. And then you find out, you know, either 10 o'clock at night or two weeks, you know, from uh, Election Day, if it's one of these goofy uh you know, to take all your life to decide who wins the election until they count enough Democrat votes for them to win kind of deal. You find out that you've lost and you, you won in every category except they got you. They got you before the election even happened. Uh, to his credit, Ron DeSantis has that button down. I mean, he won Miami-Dade. He won Broward. He won Palm Beach. I mean, that's stuff Republicans hadn't done in probably, I mean, President Bush got his clock cleaned in those three that almost cost him the presidency, those three. Uh, so it can be done and it must be done or we're going to rinse and repeat and have the same heartbreaking thing happen again and again and again. You're a hundred percent right. And and we actually looked at a lot of the tactics that the Florida GOP uses when putting together our, our analysis and our training materials. And they've been the, the, the Florida GOP with the help of governor DeSantis, they haven't been just working on this for an election cycle or two. They've been working on this for years, um, decades, in fact. So it's a long build, but it has to it has to start now. 
Tom, we're going to take uh, our last break. So when we come back, you'll have the opportunity to fill in all the blanks. You did a broad brush of what's going to be happening. Time will be yours to talk about anything else that you want to about this year's event that's taking place in Atlantic City at Harris in the marina section of Atlantic City. Tom was kind enough to mention we're on a panel with Philadelphia, New Jersey and other media people. Uh, last year, I had such a great time on this panel last year, all friends. It was um, Dom Giordano, my dear friend from WPHT, Rizzioli, ditto. Uh, and um, oh my gosh, I'm going to get in big trouble here. Matt Rooney uh, and myself, we had such a great panel. We'll be back with Tom, Tom Zemanski. Tom is the executive director of the New Jersey Republican Party. With Tom, this is WPG Talk Radio 95.5. WPGG Atlantic City, WENJHD3 Millville, a town square media station. You've heard me discuss how my everyday aches and pains were affecting my daily life before I started taking Relief Factor. You've also heard me talk to you about how my friends and family have found relief from their aches and pains with Relief Factor. Well, let me tell you about Gary from California. Gary says, I cannot thank you enough. I am 62 years old and have just started taking Relief Factor. I've never felt better and will recommend Relief Factor to all my baby boomer friends. Well, thanks for writing, Gary. Three weeks from now, you could be doing the things you enjoy doing. Your first step to living the life you love, free from aches and pains, could just be to order the three-week quick start for only $19.95. After trying Relief Factor, over half a million people have gone on to order more. Go to relieffactor.com or call 800 for relief to find out more about this offer. That's relieffactor.com or call 800 for relief Live your best life and feel the difference with Relief Factor. Hey, Sean Hannity here. Join me this afternoon at 3. Now back to Harry Hurley on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Thank you, Sean Hannity. We have uh, the beautiful six extra minutes at the top of the hour or we'd be compressed here uh, down to five minutes. But g- good news, uh, we're on till Kilmeade. And that's just great programming by Chris Coleman, uh, giving us those bonus six minutes every day. We're visiting with Tom Zemanski, the executive director of the New Jersey Republican Party. And the annual, it's really, it's a happening. I mean, it's a who's who. It's an amazing event. We, we enjoy it every year uh, at Harris Hotel and Casino in the Marina section of Atlantic City will be the, uh, the event. And that's where it was uh, last year, I remember vividly. Being there and and watching some of the things before our session uh, and staying afterward for Dr. Ben Carson. I mean, there's just a lot of good things. And that's another thing that you guys do a very good job about. My good friend, uh, Chairman Bob Hugan, Tom and your team, uh, you bring a lot of relevant people uh, to this event. Ben Carson, I mentioned Dr. Ben Carson last year, Kellyanne Conway, who's obviously a national, you know, uh, substantial figure. So it really is it is a great event. And and like the event that we had in Atlanta County, Tom, with Senator Palestina two weeks ago, it's and we did it at Resorts Casino Hotel in the Ocean Ballroom. When you bring and this was 200 Republicans, uh, pretty much not 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 bots or anything, but to get along and really the camaraderie, I think, and the hard work from from the people that were in that room and that will be in your room uh, this weekend that's why District 1, District 2, District 3, which used to be all Democrat, 
is now all Republican. So I, I think the model, you know, we look at things like Newt Gingrich and the contract with America and how they took the House back after 40 years. Then we lost it. Some of for stupid reasons, got it back again and lost it and got it back again. So it's been going back and forth after it was in one party's hands, the Democrat Party's hands for 40 years. Uh, people should take a good look. And I know you do. At Hey, what did they do in District 1? What did Testa do? What did Palestina do? What did Durr do uh, to knock out the longest serving Senate president? I know the district you know, was never really suitable for Sweeney. And I think a lot of that caught up. I give Durr a lot of credit, but you can't give him all credit because the district, you know, was real also working against Sweeney at that point. But yet it still was all Democrat for all those years, Tom. So what's going on here in the southern portion of the state, if you can replicate this in just several other areas, the majority is going to switch back, Tom. Well, you're 100 percent right. And in the last two election cycles. And in New Jersey, we have off-year elections for our state stuff. And, and so in 2021 and in 2019, uh, we flipped a grand total of 10 seats from Democrat to Republican. And uh, gosh, I think eight of eight of those 10 have come from uh, South Jersey. If you And I, I mean real, I'm from Point Pleasant, uh, Ocean County. And I'll, I'll say south of Route 70. We'll define that as South Jersey. So Burlington, yeah. Atlantic, Cape May, Cumberland, Salem, Gloucester. Uh, South Jersey has driven the Republican resurgence in this state. And all the folks that you just mentioned uh, will not only be at the summit, but will be participants to tell us what their perspective is on the road back to a majority. I mean, you look at what Phil Murphy's doing. He's trying to get rid of all carbon emissions by 2035, yeah. which is just going to – those regulations are going to decimate small businesses. Yeah, hey, this, Tom, I have to say, he's putting his entire legacy on – and that's goofy. That is goofy stuff. We're nowhere near going to be ready for something like that. I'm all for alternative energy. I have solar panels on my home, the Ponderosa. I, I love it. But it's not we I mean, look, California already had to tell people, hey, you can't drive your car. We're going to brown out. I mean, we're not ready. We don't have the charging stations. We don't have enough on the electrical grid to do this. They want to also take natural gas stoves away. I mean, really goofy stuff. And I have to say, I think Republicans are on the right side and will be on the right side of history on these windmill things, these things that are as tall as the Empire State Building uh, that how do we know? You know what's going on out there. All I know is that whales are washing up like we've never seen dolphins and and more. That usually would be something that the very conscientious environmental left would be absolutely shutting down, breathlessly shutting down the the, the sight of one tree frog belly up. Uh, so they, I think they speak with forked tongue on all of that as well. So there's I'll tell you there's a lot on the table here, my friend. It certainly is. And uh, from a federal level, you know, we, of course, we have Congressman Van Drew, who, by the way, will be leading a panel of Democrats, former Democrats across the state of New Jersey, who in the last two years have flipped their party registration and become Republicans. By the way, would one of them happen to be Tom Foley? Because if you can answer yes, I have a quick comment I want to make to you. Is one of them Tom Foley? (laughs) I have to check our notes on that. All right. Well, let me just explain because Assemblyman Tom Foley. I've been working him over for 31 years, and he has seen how radical they have become that in our studio, the Hurley in the Morning studio in, in Town Square Media, Atlantic City, he, he 
changed his party affiliation from Democrat to Republican right here on air live in the studio. A former New Jersey Democrat assemblyman, former uh, Atlanta County freeholder, former local councilman, former director of emergency management, former battalion chief. If this guy's not on your panel, then a big mistake was made. Like I said, I, I, I think that he was discussed. So I have to check with our team on, on our outreach there. But I do remember him flipping, and it sort of highlights everything that you just said about, exactly. about the extremism yeah. of the Democratic Party today. So, look, this is going to be – this is a fun event. Uh, it's a welcoming event. And if you've never been involved with politics before, we have a lot of programming geared towards uh, first-time members. So – Come on out. Uh, Kellyanne will be there on Friday. Congressman Chris Smith, Tom Kane Jr., Jeff Van Drew on Saturday, Harry Hurley on Saturday. Our ticket sales are open online through late this afternoon at njgop.org. But you can also buy tickets on site. So come to the Waterfront Conference Center at Harris Friday, Saturday. We'd, we'd love to have you. And it is it is a really relevant uh, event that's very well run. You do a great job with it, Tom. Now, in in terms of where we go forward, because I'll tell you what, if we were to come back, say, well, you know, this year, obviously, 23, 24, 25, again, the speech that I made in Atlantic City, I talked about how important these next three election cycles are. As you know, all 80 assembly seats, all 40 Senate seats, because it was a two-year cycle, so it's it's almost like, you know, everybody's on the two-year term statewide. That's enormous. Not only keep the gains that we made, because it would be terrible. It's not going to happen because Palestina won't let it happen. But imagine if we lost the gains that we made in District 2. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen in District 1. I've been hearing some things that maybe even Durr is going to have a primary challenge in, in his third district. I hope it doesn't come to stuff like that because, as you know, the sophomore election is the most vulnerable one. You know, sometimes you get in once and bam, you get knocked out the next time. So I hope there's solidarity there. Uh, but this election, as you know, is so important. And I, I believe some think we're one election cycle. I think we're two. I just like to be. I, I like to underpromise and overdeliver. I think we're two election cycles away from Republicans taking the majority. You know, people think that that's you read and you hear all the time those deep dark blue state. You know, it wasn't that long ago that Bill Gormley was chairman of the Judiciary Committee. Republicans had the majority in the in the Senate and in the Assembly, uh, and as we know, almost every other eight years, a Republican wins governor. Chitterelli's going to keep that going. Uh, that cycle is unbroken for almost 50 years. So there's opportunity here big time, isn't there, Tom? There definitely is. And, and, and you, you're the same as I am, which is I, we proceed with cautious optimism over promise, uh, you know, on, over, we don't want to over promise and under deliver. And no matter what happens, uh, whether it's enough to take the majority this year or not, we feel that we're going to pick up seats if we run good races and we get hard work from the folks like your listeners on the ground. And if we get close, if we don't get quite close enough, then 2025 will just mean that people will be all the more fed up with eight years of Phil Murphy's uh, the Democrat policy. And, and, and by the way, that's the election that I think it happens. Some disagree with me, maybe even Jack, but that's the year it happens. He wins and we all win. Because it will be a whole different philosophy of governance. A lot of this crazy stuff ends. 
uh, you know, just a better approach to delivering services and, and, and nobody gets hurt. It's not about, you know, it's somebody else's turn. So somebody's going to get the other side gets hurt. Nobody should get hurt. Everybody should be well served. But I really do believe that obviously 2024 right smack in the middle is going to be enormous because obviously the, the, the House of Representatives is such a close margin. The Senate is as close, tight as a tick. And then the, the presidency. So that's why this is the year to keep the momentum going at the state level. And there's a lot of down ballot stuff that we don't have time to get into uh, because we're down to the final minute. Then the 2024 uh, presidential and you'll have all four thir- 35 seats in the House, 35 seats in the Senate. And then the next year, the off year election where the only two governor uh, positions on the ballot nationwide will be New Jersey and the Commonwealth of Virginia. So th- there are three straight years of great opportunity if we do the right things, Tom. That's 100 percent right. And I got to tell you, with our off year elections, a lot of folks around the country look to New Jersey to see what's going to happen next year and to learn what lessons they can to apply them next year. And we at the state party, you know, we're in touch with some of the best and brightest, you know, strategists and minds and candidates across the country. And, you know, we have fielded a lot of phone calls for for 2023 about, you know, Hey, we got to get this done in New Jersey. How can we help? Um, and in the back of their minds, they're thinking that this is great Republican momentum heading yeah. into 2024. Yeah. We got to keep the House. 